What I'm 1,000% confident in is that you and I could Ever. not clap Never. simultaneously <laughs> Never given literally save our lives. Never. <laughs> Especially because Bob is in Right. I have no rhythm. <laughs> I don't have much more rhythm than you do. You don't have much rhythm. I think those two your, would work together, though. Despite your uh, melanin advantage. Uh, no. More by a West African thing, not an East African here we are, Abe. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast that is now 100 episodes into its wildly acclaimed second run. And there was much rejoicing. 96 of these episodes now include some variation on the Here We Are Abe intro, sometimes obnoxiously long, pre-written and preachy, often thrown together while Lori sighs impatiently into the microphone, 15 minutes after we were supposed to start recording. More often, just a couple of jokey sentences referencing a news story, a joke that this podcast will itself have often forgotten the point of by the next morning. A podcast that hasn't succeeded in getting Abe to ask how this podcast is doing tonight since episode 33. A podcast that, of course, only asks how Abe is doing tonight in order to deny him a polite, humane response, offering instead the barest acknowledgement of shared existential reality. Yeah. Here we are. A podcast that attempts to play this vaguely cruel joke on Abe, of all people. Abe, who is almost certainly at least the second most important grown-up relationship formed since the start of this podcast's adult life. This podcast's actual BFF and the whole reason the show exists at all. A podcast that can apparently only profess these raw emotional realities in absurd third-person slash podcast remove, and a podcast that probably would have ceased to exist save for the fact that one of this podcast's most consistent sources of joy and satisfaction is getting a genuine laugh out of Abe. Well, that and the towering and obviously misguided certainty that what this podcast is doing is actually good, or at least better than a lot of the other dreck out there in the content mall. A podcast that is, despite its near incessant focus on what sucks, on what's wrong with the world and how little can be done about it, and a habit of pointing out the deficiencies even in the things this podcast likes most. After 100 episodes of that, it is, and will continue to be, also documented proof of a good time being had in pleasant conversation with wonderful company. As Kurt Vonnegut admonished, it is important to point out, from time to time, in this often punishing world, when you and your friends and family are actually happy. Not that it's necessarily such a rare thing, this happiness, just that sometimes the happiness goes by unacknowledged, and it shouldn't. Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host. That's... Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? Totally fine. Totally fine. Tonight is Tuesday, June the 21st, 2022. It's the summer solstice. It's the longest goddamn day of the year. How did you celebrate the solstice, Abe? I took my dad to the doctors, and then I worked for half a day. Nice. It was such a long day, I could squeeze both in, so. That's good. 
Uh, let's see. Tuesday, we didn't record last night just because. It's uh, summertime. Things are all loosey-goosey around here. We do what we want. Thank you very much. We had a big Father's Day celebration here on Sunday, by which I mean... I didn't do anything. Literally nothing <laughs> I happened. I did nothing. I left town. Yep. Lori was gone. I rode a train. I was on a train all day. Oh, did you go to uh, New York? Yeah, it was great. Oh, Except getting nice. there and getting back. But New York's great. I don't understand what anyone doesn't like about New York. <laughs> no, there's great. way too many goddamn people there's, there. It's perfect. Yeah. No, there's like there's literally 8 million people too many. Yeah, but it's set up for it. Did you not feel the crushing reality of there being like 8 million people there all the time? I felt like there were more people than cars. When you were like jammed into a small room atop a glittering city and just saw all of the people spread out around you? It was fine. It was great. It's too many people. It's it's fine. I love New York. I think it's great. Yeah. I've never had a bad time in New York. New York is great. I remember um, there was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer had a big problem with the city. He just didn't like it. I don't want to go to New York City. Why not? New York is a hellhole. And you know how I feel about hellholes. And i just like, oh, maybe the city sucks. But every time I go there, I'm like, no, this is it's great. great. Like, <laughs> the reason it's great is because nobody gives a shit. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, Nobody gives any shit about anything. And it's just, it's so great. To not have anyone give a shit. Like, you step on someone's toe. They're not horribly offended. They're just, they, fuck it. Who what? cares? Here we go. It's the best. It's just a shame it's so expensive. Yeah. And also, like, when you're there, at least in Manhattan, I'm like, wow, now this is like a city city. Like, in my head, it's like sometimes you think, oh, you're in a big city, like in Atlanta. But you go two blocks over, then it's like, it could be anywhere. But yes. you know you're in New York to, for every which way you go. You're like, holy shit. This place is way too big. But There's also something people describe it as fast-paced, and I fully disagree because the speed of the people and things is a walking pace. Like, there are cars, but they're crawling down the street right? because there are so many people walking. Right. It's not a fast pace. The it's walking slow pace. I, I suspect that, that came from all of the tourists who just kind of clog the sidewalks with their yeah, slow walking the people and who show gazing. up to the city they're there to like gawk around and right. look they, at stuff they're there to look at ads right. yeah and all the other people are walking and they're yeah new yorkers their pace is ridiculous i'm like where are you going fella but this is they're going two places and back they're, without but a like car. the cars are not flying by at 60 right. miles yeah, an hour yeah but they're all fucking pissed and they're all <laughs> ah, they're on the fucking <laughs> but who horn cares? they don't care I don't care. We all don't care. I've only driven in Manhattan a couple of times in my life, and I've only driven like anywhere on the island of New York a handful more than that. But what drove me crazy about driving in New York was that you come up to a red light, and if you were not immediately at 35 miles per hour, like you. If you were not immediately exceeding the speed limit by 10 miles per hour in this, like, very jam-packed area where there are people in cars everywhere, that people were fucking screaming at you and they're laying on their horn and they got their fingers out. My like, favorite give me a fucking the, break, man. Like, I'm trying not to hit anybody here. When, like, nothing can happen. Like, right. we're all just stuck here. Honk. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's like... the best. <laughs> I love that fucking place, and the key is to just not drive. Also, you just don't that, drive there, and it's fine. Yeah, that's a good point. And Bob, 
I never considered that, but like my entire experience of New York has been as either as a commuter or just a pedestrian just walking about. I'd never actually driven through. It didn't sound like fun, by the way. Like it's just like where are you gonna go? And also everything's expensive to park and whatever. So as it. If you experience New York City as it should be, just to live in, walk around like a normal person, get on the bus or the subway, rather, it's pleasant. It's not bad. You occasionally may get stabbed or whatever, but come on. Who are you? That happens everywhere. There's nowhere you don't get stabbed. Did you get any crime? Because uh, I've heard on the news about all the the (laughs) New York crime lately. Are you asking me if I got any crime in Did you get crimed upon? Would it be amazing if I just told you now if I got crimed on? I'm trying to keep the suspension of disbelief here for this show. Not everybody knows that we fucking live our miserable married lives together and have already had this conversation three times. We didn't. You didn't ask me about the crime. I would have expected you to have told me if you actually got crimed. (laughs) Well, you Maybe you should ask me questions about my life. That's actually like you are now. And no, I did not get crimed on. <laughs> it was great. She stayed. I, you stayed like right down, right in we Times Square. In Times Square, where what people do is come to Times Square, which is a bunch of ads. Yeah. So they take pictures of the ads, right? And they take selfies with right. them in front of the ads, All right? And I don't understand why the people there's do a, this. There's a Bill Hicks thing about like, oh, look at the lights. We don't have, oh, we don't have the big city with the lights. Oh, it's, like a- yeah, it's the same fucking idiots from 30 years ago. I think ago. you're talking about that. I mean, maybe Bill Hicks did it first, what? but uh, David Cross with the lights in Atlanta. Look it up all in Oh, buildings. yeah, that is a David Light Cross up Atlanta. bit, Light up the- Look at that one. <gasps> look at that one. God's glorifying us with his magnificent fluorescence. Oh, Lord, what a wonderful, majestic display. By the no, way, I, that's different. I was thought... This is just ads. But if you go to that uh, Italian town with that stupid thing that's about yeah. to fall over, you take a picture in front of it, proof of I was here, right? Okay, sure. That is a that is a oh, thousands of no, no, hundreds no, no, no. of yeah. year old right. building. I'm ads. Not saying, yeah. But also ads. to... Ads. To say that I was in proof of I was in Times Square in the heart of the city. In the ads. I don't understand right. the appeal right. no, no. of the ad. Get, yeah, I don't generally. Like, yes, there's the Eiffel Tower. There's already a million photos of the Eiffel Tower. Right. Why do you need to take one? This is a step beyond this that. Is what, this, this is what is passes ads. for culture. Like, this is how stupid the it's greatest amazing. city in the world is. Right. That you but, just look up and it's like, oh, oh this so place it, must be special. Oh, look at the, would you look at the billboards here, honey? They stand around. They don't just look at the ads and move along. They stand in the ads. Right. But, and okay. it's so fucking funny. Uh, do these... Uh, People look like they haven't been to big cities before. Because maybe I, I was you know, kind of cut just, some slack for people if they saved up their money and they're from, I don't know, some I am not yokel going town. to try to understand the people in Times right. Square. I would just move through yeah. it. And it's hilarious. And I'm just going to move through it to other parts of New York, which are also great. Because it's the same thing that just keeps going. Like you said, it's humongous. Like, it just keeps going. It's New York. And then they're like, oh, now you're in Hell's Kitchen. And now yeah. you're in Hudson yeah. Yards. Whatever. It's yeah. fucking New York. Right. We're all here. It's great. It's just too expensive. Yeah. The other day, I was at a light in town here. 
And the person, one car behind me, after about a second of a, of a light in, in front of me turning green, honked his horn at the person one car in front of me, right? So I was not, I was not the right. honker. I was, I was between the honked and the honker. And this resulted in like a five-minute conversation with my children about the ethics and <laughs> the politesse of honking in general because oh, they, okay. they're so unfamiliar with the yeah. concept that having somebody honk it's behind like, us at someone in front of us right. required like a lengthy disquisition <laughs> on whatever the fu- like like you know why I didn't do the honking and why what, was it wrong for that person to do the honking or were they in the right that sort of thing do you ever uh, feel obliged to carry that message forward and you honk in their stead like all right let me because they may not understand. No, I do not, I do not play not the telephone clear. game with the honking. It, no, but it's, it dies with me. If, if someone is indeed, because this has happened to me, someone in front of me is fucking up, but where am I going? I can wait another minute, yeah. right? I never get upset about what people do on the road. I don't expect much. As long as I live, I'm okay. But the person behind me, if he's honking at me, the person in front of me who's doing the fucking up does not know, not always know, know. that it's, it's being communicated to him. So if I see somebody in front of me, with like their eyes down where they're obviously on the phone yeah. and they're not moving and it's a green light, then I give the, the quick well, double tap. The, 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 you don't the, do the flash of the lights? So it's yeah, I might do that. Okay. Might do that, but in the middle of the day, you don't no. necessarily see it. A little gentle it. tap is different But than... just the bop yeah. bop on the Hon! horn that yeah. just goes like a quick couple of <laughs> things there is so wildly different from just laying onto a horn like an asshole. There's no way for me to interpret that then as anything but... This person's being an asshole right. when I hear that yeah. that full-on like leaning into the horn thing. The other thing in New York, we got there close to midnight on Friday. Oh. It was a rough travel day. So it's, first of all, bright as day because right. you're Times Square, all the lights. Right. Like it is bright as day. Sounds coming from every direction. <laughs> the fucking people. There's weed trucks that just uh, oh, that's play right. yeah. music all yeah. the time. Yeah. There's these bicycle rickshaws that have very good stereos for some yeah. reason. <laughs> and there's Times Square making noise and there's people shouting. And we're walking by and there's a jackhammer doing road construction at fucking midnight wow. on a Friday. Like, just throw it all in there at once. <laughs> if you think of it, put it there. Doesn't matter what time. Just do it. Yeah, that's why that's why the Ghostbusters movies and Ghostbusters two in particular completely believable. Have you been out on the street lately? Do you know how weird it is out there? We've taken our own head count. There seem to be three million completely miserable assholes living in the tri-state area. Oh, please. I beg your pardon. Three million and one. Hey. And what Budgie Brain here doesn't realize is that if we don't do something fast, this whole place is going to blow like a frog on a hot plate. Yeah, right. What am I supposed to do? Go on television and tell 10 million people they have to be nice to each other? Being miserable and treating other people like dirt is every New Yorker's God-given right. Your two minutes are up. Good night, gentlemen. Anyway. That was Father's Day for Bob. Yeah, that's <laughs> my special day <laughs> with the kids. I didn't even get to watch the fucking news programs because they were being annoying. So we just went outside and I watched them rollerblade up and down the... The hill in front of our house. You are a good daddy. Oh, yes. That's what Katie said. That's what your daughter said. Since we are talking about travel, I might as well play this. 
as we have personal experience with this from the weekend. Summer travel might not be as easy as you hope this year, as you know. As well. I know personally, <laughs> my flight was canceled on Sunday. But uh, airlines all over the world are struggling to fix the recent spike of cancellations. Uh, more than 200 domestic flights have already been canceled today. That number is very likely to continue to climb. It comes after a difficult holiday weekend for the airline industry. Over 5,300 flights were scrapped in the U.S. over the past five days. And with the business Busy 4th of July weekend just around the corner. Many airline analysts fear things will likely get worse before they get better. Let's bring in CBS News senior national correspondent Mark Strassman from Atlanta with an update on all of this. Hi, Mark. Uh, so how is it going where you are at the airport? Well, hey, Tanya and Lana, you know, this, is, after all, is the first official day of summer, which I guess makes it the first official travel day of summer. And I got to tell you, so far, so good. A much calmer day uh, so far. Far fewer cancellations, far more on-time uh, arrivals and departures nationwide, which is good news. But this past weekend, I got to tell you, was ugly. More than 5,000 flights were canceled from Thursday through Monday. 27,000 delayed flights, lots of unhappy flyers, virtually every carrier affected. Atlanta here, the world's busiest airport, felt the impact as much as any, along with LaGuardia and JFK. And if you're talking Atlanta, of course, you're talking Delta. This is its worldwide hub. Hundreds of Delta flights uh, had issues. But that impact in the terminal was felt by tens of thousands of flyers, coast to coast, many of them summer vacationers. After more than two years of this pandemic, so many Americans have cabin fever, want to travel again. We're at the highest level of sustained air travel since the pandemic began. But, of course, travelers want to actually get to the destination they paid for. And look, we're averaging more than uh, 2 million people flying a day. That's going to head up as we head into July 4th. Uh, these issues are not going away. They're here to stay for the summer. And if you've got a trip planned, listen, a little advice. Get to the airport early, especially <laughs> if you're an infrequent flyer or if you have little kids, strollers, car seats. Pack some patience and <laughs> yes. cross your fingers. That's Pack for some sure. patience is oh very good advice. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it there. They go on to talk for another 90 seconds, and he offers some explanations as to what's going on. So here's a question, because I will I will I will answer for Abe. He did not, in fact, get off a good one despite his attempt <laughs> <I> there. Other. <laughs> I mean, it is the first travel day of the summer, technically. <laughs> Between between the first day of summer and the first travel day of the summer, and then also pack some patience. But both of the ladies who, to whom he is speaking, they seem to appreciate the pack some patience line. Oh, so yeah. Has, has this exercise that we've been going about, I don't know when we first started the, the Strauss watch uh, and the... the America's favorite game show. I'd have to check the tags on the on the podcast website, but it feels like it's probably been a year or so since no, we. No, I don't think so. I think so because some of them were like the the racist vaccines was like one of the first okay. ones that we did. But maybe you're right. I don't know. Maybe it's not been that long. It feels like. I mean, it feels like Strassman has been with us also, since since the beginning. The year has been. I can't believe we're in June. So right. whatever. Anyway. Is the whole premise here? Am I the only? Are we the only ones who find something objectionable in the way that Mark Strassman puts together his reports? Because they got it must be uh, it must be said a hearty chuckle 
That's nothing if not a hearty chuckle. What if from the ladies listening to Strassman here? What you know? What if the hearty chuckle? And I think you, you may be right. He's probably a beloved member of this fucking news organization, right? But what if he's like a great? Uh, I reject that. I, I'm going to interrupt you there because every time that they, when he's on the CBS Morning, uh, the the Sunday show, Face the Nation. Yeah. You, and they cut back to Maggie uh, Brennan <laughs> sitting in the okay. chair. She's always here's stifling no. like a mocking smile. Yeah. She's looking down at so her notes and barely containing what appears to be yeah. a condescending mocking smile so at what she just had to listen to. here see them as equals to him. Like, they, they would like to get off good ones as well. Like I'm sure that if you follow their little scripts that they write they also attempt these little puns where maggie brennan would never and that's why she has disdain for it what, wait what, what what would be preferable for you guys uh, would you rather that mark strassman everybody these colleagues of his except maggie brennan uh is laughing at him <laughs> or they're, they love him so much that they're laughing with him. Like, they're fans of him. I hope that it's both. I hope that it is both laughing at him, but also, oh, that's old Strasser. <laughs> it also needs to be he noted got us that again. on that map that you can't see because it's a podcast, it had like the percentage of on time and then a little slice of misery. Yes. Yeah, the misery. <laughs> yeah. That's from, on they, time. they got that graphic from flightaware.com. Which yeah, your options are on time and misery. And misery. Those are your only options. With tracks, yes. On time flights and then they categorize delayed or canceled flights as misery. If he is indeed a, and I hope this is not true, that he's like, uh, people are laughing at and behind them and all that stuff. Maybe they told them that once we get to you, uh, you can read all you want because we're going to be showing so many graphics throughout the whole segment that we won't cut back to you. And then they undercut them by cutting back to him reading. So like if somebody yeah. was being passive aggressive, I could see doing it that way. Uh, also, uh, arriving early for a canceled flight is not going to do much for you. Just uh, heads up for the <laughs> you, people. Infrequent well, no, because... flyers with children and strollers, please show I mean, up uh, four uh, hours before yeah, your canceled flight. They can get you on another flight. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. That was Strassman, and it was amusing to me that Strassman got to do this report from the Atlanta airport because Lori was uh, the victim of one of these canceled flights over the weekend. Misery. But I wasn't going to Atlanta. No, but that was but a story all connected, about— right? All these flights. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the flight, I'm sure, was going to eventually go to Atlanta or come from Atlanta. Yeah, I woke up Friday, and my flight was canceled. Also, so before was cool. you were notified ahead of time? Before you left for the what airport? What was cute? I should have taken screenshots if I'd known we were going to talk about this. Because it was like, your flight's canceled. Click here to look for other options. And then I would click, and it was like, oh, yeah, we don't. We got nothing. <laughs> like, it, it was like, change your change your travel plans if you would like more options for travel plans. So like, there pick were... two different airports than the ones that you chose. Is there like a live up or like what do you do? Can you talk through with somebody? Like, all right. Yeah, if you want to wait, wait on hold for six hours. hours. Yeah. Oh. Seven hours. So I immediately bought train tickets because She immediately bought so here's the best part about the train no, tickets. No, no, let me tell. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so here's the thing. Our flight was supposed to leave at twelve thirty. My friend was on her way up here to be at my house at 10 so that we could get to the airport, you right. know, in plenty of time. 
which meant that an 11 o'clock train from, uh, from a train station five minutes literally from my house was totally doable. So I bought the tickets to the 11 o'clock train. What I didn't do, which I now know I should have done, was check the status of that train. Oh, what? Before buying the tickets. Because no matter what you do, it's the 11 o'clock train, even if it's actually not going to get here until 3 or 4. Wow. So I bought the tickets not knowing it wasn't on time because the assumption, which I know we shouldn't do that, (laughs) the assumption was that it wouldn't say 11 o'clock if it wasn't 11 o'clock. Bad assumption. I should have looked at the status of that train and seen, oh, yeah. it's four hours I, behind. In other I'll words, buy at, train tickets in Richmond. At and 7 then o'clock get there in the faster. morning, you should have bought tickets for like the 6.30 a.m. train. Right. And then you could have left <laughs> Yeah, or bought at the same moment, just bought noon tickets for a Richmond train that was running on time. Okay. So the thing is, that sucked, but train travel is vastly superior to air travel for me you don't have, have you ever any been on a train have you been on a train here i now i've just been on the subway stuff i don't think i've ever been on a no, real train it's fucking she is great. saying she's saying this despite a weekend of experience in which she spent what should have been five hours on a train going up one way and then five hours on a train coming back the other way like Almost literally double that in both yeah. directions. The train on the way back left on time because New York is where it starts. But yeah. then we got held up for about an hour and a half twice. So it turned into a very long trip. But at least I wasn't on a fucking airplane. Right. But that's the advantage of being on the airplane. Once you get up in the air. You might not. It, it, once you get up in the air, you're in the fucking air. It's the worst. I know it's a personal preference. Not a big Despite airplane person? all of the... I hate them. Really? Planes and are planes I are fucking great. Lori's just obviously and wrong. And I here. didn't know how much I hated them <laughs> until now I've been on a train. And yeah. it's just like, this sucks, but at least I'm not on an airplane. You have like four times the amount of personal space. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true, yeah. It's If we could do it here in a way that was that it all worked out. Yeah, the and problem like, is the country sucks. This it, country is a shit garbage also. country. No, that's not it. You, you that's not what it is. It covers no, a lot of is, ground, right? I mean, you got to go In large here part, to... it is that it's too big. Like there aren't very many countries of this size. They're usually that called continents. easily transport people across the whole fucking continent. Like it's not that simple. There is no reason we the reason, can't get the our reason shit together. The reason that everybody the loves the trains in Japan. Japan is this tiny fucking island. And they're only talking about, like, two cities when you're talking no. about high-speed rail in Japan. People love the trains in Europe, and you're going from country to country. Like, yeah, and Europe is significantly smaller than the United States is. It's yeah, way easier. Look, if I enjoy riding a Marta, I would, I'm sure I would enjoy, like, a real train. Although, now that I think back, we did ride a, a, a real train when we were going through Turkey, through Greece, and, mm-hmm. like, one of my sisters may have died or at least my mom thought so because she, she thought that she fell through one of the cracks and it turns out that didn't happen there was a bit of a scare and then i went back to sleep that's like my memory of it like what was what was okay. the what was the scare what in the world could almost happen they're going between cars and then like my mom heard cars. a noise and she thought it was one of ours and she's like oh we're down to seven or whatever man we weren't <laughs> down to seven 
<laughs> Still had it full strength. No. She did a. She just did a, a Mrs. McAllister head <laughs> miscount and assumed that somebody had Abe, fallen into the tracks. There is a Jesus train Christ. from Atlanta to here. Next time you visit, I highly recommend oh. you take it. I, you I, can do work on the train. There's Wi-Fi. There's internet. There's the only advantage is that it's like fucking. If you buy them ahead of time, it's like fucking thirty dollars. Super cheap. Like it's yeah. cheap, but at the same time, if you, Generally speaking, I know that the recent experience says otherwise, that you buy a plane ticket and then they just fucking cancel it. And that like that sucks. But like generally speaking, in my experience, certainly, if I buy an airplane ticket and it says it's going to take you from 10 a.m. here and it's going to be 1 p.m. when you land there, there's like maybe a half an hour little wiggle room. But for the most part, like you get to where you're going when the ticket says you're going to get there. And there's not a lot of drama about it right. whereas with the train it's like apparently yeah. oh yeah well there's a unexpected yeah, if, freight train here that we have to yeah, wait 45 minutes we could for. get our shit together as a first world country that wouldn't be the case yeah if we had like yeah those fast trains like there's not that's not inherent to the train right. it's inherent to this fucking shit but country who probably, can't get trains right it would probably cost fifteen hundred dollars or something to get on one of those bullet trains from here to like no, no, no. No, not DC. even a bullet train. Not even make put there more train be, like the, tracks there, down. Right, there should be more yeah, of a commitment yeah. to like a commuter rail line, and then also have a separate freight right. line. There is no reason that America can't do this, except that it's shitty. Well, That's no, the only except reason. that it's not that it's shitty, as though it's like desi- decided to be shitty. It's that people That's what it seems like <laughs> people overwhelmingly want to be in their fucking cars. It's like what we like. It's an it's the entire culture. Maybe you can argue it's uh, been fucking brainwashed into us by the car companies and the gas companies and all the rest. Big auto for the last hundred yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Totally, but like first. In most circumstances, not most, that's stupid. In a lot of circumstances, you drive your car to the airport and you park and it then, there. Yeah. And someone else comes and gets you from the airport. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, where we go, we drive there and that's different. But, like, people who fly far wouldn't otherwise drive there most of the time. They might rent a car when they're there, right. but you can do that at a fucking train station. It's such a better way. To travel, not to mention, like, we can make them electric, I think, yeah. you know? Like, it's just, it's just better. It's a failing of American transportation that we don't have enough train tracks to make them run on time. Yeah. Although, I, I, I would be all for trains. Uh, if you were one of those people that traveled a lot, I could see that it would cut into too much of your downtime to be on the train. But if you're a person who travels a lot, you're probably a person who can work on the train. Right. So but that's not an advantage for somebody who – so then your company says, well, now it's not a travel day. It's just a work day and we're going to put you on the train. And it doesn't matter to me, Tough the shit. boss at the company, whether you it takes you from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. or 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. It's just another work day and you're going to get – you're going to be responsible for all this productivity that day regardless. I'm not sympathetic to people who get – paid to do nothing <laughs> they'll so. figure it out <laughs> but it's, it's fucking fine for it, me it's, it's remarkable how fast planes are because I, i've done it like three or four times over the last year where i fly into a town and i drive back and it's like boop, 90 minutes and then eight hours of driving like it's like yeah, it, it's it, like time travel it's, it's amazing it, and yeah. you know what's not like time travel is getting on a train that takes you nine hours to get to new york city it's like the opposite of time travel right it's, but what if you're into the journey not that you're, you're like you get to enjoy it I, I could see it being like a nice yes. treat to get 
to kind of see the the countryside, you know, look at all these ports that I'm driving by or riding. Yeah, by. sure. But if I want to go visit my brother in Denver, that's going to be like a no, day and Denver, a half. Den- of- it's too far from for Denver. Yeah. Right, just like but the Eastern Abe, Seaboard. Yeah, you just- could get on a train. Oh, that's an overnight one. You could go to sleep on the train at eleven thirty at night and wake up here at eleven in the morning for ninety dollars. Really? That? Round trip. Look at that. Can't beat yeah, that. That's cool. And I have plenty of problems with uh, the infrastructure in this country, not not least of which is the lack of a good train infrastructure, which I think would be cool and good. I've also been enjoying this YouTube channel about how American roads are so poorly designed. And wait, Canadian. Wait, are we? did we watch the same YouTube series? Probably. I don't know. Is it a guy... Who's Canadian, who now lives in Norway, who yeah, talks some... about Strodes yeah. and how... Yes. Yeah, yeah. That fucking yeah. guy. I, I got it the first time. You don't have to say Strodes 20 times, buddy. But good, he does, good like, he it's really, really likes his little portmanteau word that he invented <laughs> there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting concept, right? Right. And, that the most dangerous roads in America aren't the highways, and it's not the little... Uh, neighborhood 25 mile per hour streets it's these like 45 mile per hour thoroughfares that have like six lanes across or five lanes across with a turning lane in the middle yeah and then they, there's a million businesses and residences off the side and you have to navigate people who are going from 55 miles an hour all the way down to nothing while they try to turn off and then also you're trying to merge into that crazy traffic all the time you know like what new is, york city doesn't have yeah sure strodes. doesn't have any strodes but yeah, I'll, I'll stick a link in the show notes with this guy who talks about how bad Strodes are. Because I, I do think, and watching the videos, it becomes incredibly frustrating to watch because you realize that nobody would choose the reality that we currently have except that we continue to build on that reality as though it's the only possible outcome, right? Right. So you look at like a city like Houston where they know that if they put more lanes into the highway, the inevitable outcome is that there will be more cars on that highway and traffic will get worse. Right. Like this is something that's just known, that the bigger you build the highway, you don't actually improve traffic flow at all. It just invites more cars onto the highway. It's like a fundamental law of urban development. Induced and yet, demand. Build it, they will the... come. Right. Induced demand is exactly the phrase there. And for some reason, they still keep fucking doing it. Right. It's like, and they do it everywhere. And you go, you look at like what they did in uh, Northeast Atlanta, just north of Peachtree Industrial, where 316 and 85 all come together. Right. And they turned that into like a little mini spaghetti junction. Right. And it only really made things worse. And it was all in an attempt to solve one little merge or something. And they redid the whole fucking thing. And now it's this nightmare of like just a, a concrete jungle as far as the eye can see. And I don't know to whose benefit it is. It doesn't improve life for anyone. It seems like for whatever reason, even though many people would recognize the flaws in just building out that way it's just gonna it's you're gonna be stuck in the same problem forever and it'll make it worse but like especially i'm sure in other cities it's been a similar experience but here in atlanta anytime uh marta expansion marta is our rail transit thingy down here uh anytime they were like why don't we expand because all people use marta for in the city for the most part is to park somewhere and take it to the airport or whenever there's like a football game at the stadium like right, for or just any the, event yeah 
But other than that, yeah. it's it's not reliable reliable enough to use for like commuting, like you could in in DC or New York and other places, right? And so they're like, "How about we get there? Like we're not there, but let's say." Right, so you live, for it. example, you live in downtown Atlanta. You live in midtown, but yeah, like yeah, sure. But for me, for an outsider, I'm you Atlanta, live in downtown. I have a downtown Atlanta. and a midtown, and those are two different things. Right. Also, there's Buckhead. Yeah. Like. Okay, <laughs> actually, my situation is a pretty good example because I live about a mile from two different MARTA subway stops, right? And there are there's one bus that goes right down the street on Palms to take you to the subway station. And if it was reliable at all, I would just use that because I can get off to... Right, because it goes, it goes out to where, where you work, work yeah, right? It goes Shambly, out to the office. I, yeah, so I could literally just do that without any issue, but... The bus schedule is all over the place. It never shows up. Sometimes you're like, I'll just walk and it. And you said it's a mile away. Is it a walkable mile? It's, it is, like but safely? it's... safely? Yeah. It's walkable, but like, I don't like walking. It's like mile and a half, whatever. If it right. rains... So that's, the, that's the other thing. thing. You live in a modern... One of the 10 most populous modern American cities... And you live in the heart of Atlanta, and you're still a mile and a half from the underground station, like or the train station. That's fucking nuts. That doesn't happen anywhere else. Where you live in a in a city of uh, two million people, right. and you and it's and it's a twenty five or thirty what minute walk to the train station. Else. But I mean, it's Atlanta is like to Atlanta. Yeah. No, I mean, it's not unique to Atlanta. It's a problem in in Houston, every other American which is the city. Largest, you, mean right, in, you, know. you mean any other country in the world? Yes. Right. If you lived in Paris, yes. you're not a mile and a half no. from public tra- from reliable public but transportation. But Atlanta is more common in America than all the other. Pl- uh, what is it? I mean, yes. literally. So New York, DC, Chicago, I guess has Chica- a somewhat of a. New- and DC is fucked up too. New York and Chicago have it down. Right. I don't know how, like what's going on out west if L.A. Out. or San Fran DC have anything. DC got weird because it's such a tiny city Yeah, that, like, the suburb, like, it's, it was, it was perfect, and then it kept spreading and spreading, and it's trying to keep catching up. Okay. But, like, eventually, it's, you're so far away that, like, what are we doing here? Right. It's also, it's, it, it, even in like little towns like this one, where you would think that there would be an incentive to get public transportation, right? We live a mile from downtown. And if you want to take a bus to get downtown, it's going to be, if you time it just right, where you're leaving your house so that you walk out to the bus stop at the front of our neighborhood at the exact time that the bus is driving up, it's still, it's a 45 minute to an hour situation right. to get your ass downtown on a bus. Instead of it, like, and literally it's a 15-minute walk. Right. So, yeah. like, in what, beyond, like, I guess trying to stay out of the rain or not get as sweaty or, or having to push a stroller or something, like, what? why in the world would anybody choose the bus yeah. when it's going to take me an hour to get downtown Then it's only a 15-minute walk? I don't know what the arguments are in other cities, but the most common one, I mean, it's, it will sometimes be masked in different ways, but basically it's like, they don't want anybody to be able to go, go anywhere and go into our nice little neighborhoods because it's going to bring crime or whatever. Right? I don't know if that it's the same kind of argument, like a NIMBY type of thing. Like if you have a car, you can drive through our neighborhood, but if you don't, we don't want anybody just to come here. So and we still don't even have a subway station that takes you to the new Brave Stadium. You just, 
it's like literally the only way to get there is to drive there and park in one of the many parking lots they have. Right. And this was one of the this was one of the complaints about the downtown Brave Station. The well, reason that they claimed that they didn't want to be down there anymore was because public transportation in and out of that stadium functionally didn't exist. Right. Like there was a there was a bus, but that was it. The train never made that it. That is down true. To yeah. Turner I don't know Field. why. Maybe it cost a lot of money to build these stations. I don't know, but like we should. It should. It- it costs a lot of money. Do it anyway. Yeah. Right. And the thing that, like I was saying about watching those YouTube videos, is that so this guy is talking about living in Norway now. And he says that like 30 years ago, they basically decided no more of these so called strodes. It's not Norway. Denmark? Is he in Denmark? I think he's in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Okay. Those are all the same country, the ones <laughs> okay. that you just said there. Anyway, I thought he was in Norway. It doesn't matter. They decided 30 years ago that they weren't going to have strodes anymore as he calls them and like they've just been redoing their infrastructure basically as as it's time to fix something they just fix it in a way that is up to this different standard rather than building these big four and five lane highways through residential and business areas and it's like you could just we could just decide to do that and things would be better for everyone but nobody i mean there's like there's not a city in the country that is committed to that sort of thing and you would think i mean you you would think you would have a, a few more states doing that because you know one of the arguments people raise is oh those countries are small so you can do more because it's fewer people to to convince or whatever but like we don't have that many states that are like let's let let's let this be our thing because you can then drive in more uh, commerce because if you have a well built infrastructure you can have hotels everywhere spread out and then they're all being fed into the downtown center for whatever events it makes life easier the DUI numbers go down everything's kind of better like you can kind of say right. I can come to the city to that city get a hotel somewhere that's not too expensive and I can be fed into the aquarium and the stadium and the this and the that you know without having to actually pay all that much money to live like across right. the street and even even atlanta so and i like once a year or so we usually end up staying me and the kids at least usually end up staying at the downtown hyatt in atlanta because we go to visit the family and it's just easier to stay downtown right. than it is to stay out in the suburbs if we want to do anything because if you want to do anything you have to do it in downtown atlanta and like staying out in the suburbs and driving into downtown atlanta every day fucking sucks yeah. uh at the same time that that Hyatt down there, if you just look at it on Google Maps, it's like, okay, well, you can walk to the aquarium. You can easily walk to uh, the World of Coke if you want to go do that. Like, you're right in the heart of, of downtown Atlanta there. Yeah. But still, getting places kind of fucking sucks. Yes. And even the walk from the Hyatt to world of coke or the aquarium it feels like you're a poor right. when you're walking, walking around it like is it's not, just yeah. so bizarre there's something about the way that the the sidewalks and the streets interact and the way it's all designed is you just feel so incredibly unwelcoming it's because no one's walking right, right. No, but even people when people started built for walking, it. Yeah. it wouldn't feel wrong no, but even like when you are walking amongst people, because this is like a like there's there's some nightlife down there. There's restaurants and bars and stuff. Even walking around there, it just doesn't feel like in the way that downtown Athens, despite the fact that it was not closed to cars, it still felt like a fairly walkable right. speed limit downtown miles area. An hour, you have more people walking than driving. Right. In Atlanta, you have more people driving than walking. Yeah, and I mean, and we literally built 
or the city built uh, a walkable belt line that's like totally removed from like the real world. It's not like right. If you want to walk, <laughs> if you want to walk, go do your walk. Yeah, drive and that, like it's just what you car, can do that day. Park right. and then walk and then get back in your car. I, there, there have been every summer or whenever the weather's nice, there will be some. Uh, occasions where they'll close off certain streets like on one of the peace trees let's say uh to cars and it'll just be like a hey everybody just pretend you live in a normal city and everybody's like this is so (laughs) nice and they're like why don't we do this more often and and the driver's like fuck that i need to like go to the cvs across the street so this gimmick has to end but it's like whenever like if you if you ask people for their experience when it comes to like a walk friendly kind of thing people generally will be like this is great what's wrong with this and then we go back to the old ways right and that's the thing is then i get in the car and i have to go run a bunch of errands and it's like i it's it's inconceivable for me to be able to do the things that i need to do without getting in the car and driving clear across town right like it just it's just the way that we've built yeah it's the way that we've built our entire lives even in a nice little small town relatively speaking like charlottesville Well, and it's funny because after a day walking around new york the sensory overload is is intense but i was saying to someone i feel the same way after a day of running errands here like it's just anything out of the norm is exhausting and Walking around New York with all the noise and the smells and the crazy people, it's no more or less overstimulating than driving down a highway that's like a 45 mile per hour speed limit where you have to not hit anyone and not hit any cars and watch out for traffic lights and merging and it's exhausting. All while uh, everyone around you is playing with their fucking phone, by the way. (laughs) We're looking at the giant 13-inch iPad in the middle of their car. It's as if dying on the road is out of the question for some people. It's like, do you know that you're driving 50 miles an hour like any it's sort like, of thing it's the old thing about like you you hear people say that we should take the helmets off football players because they'll they'll, they'll hit cl- more cleanly right. and more safely if they're worried about cracking their because skulls you take open more risks when you have the protective right. i think that the insane safety standards <laughs> that we have in our cars now which are great yeah. and amazing and you get like a twenty thousand dollar honda and it has like features that you couldn't possibly have imagined uh 30 40 years right. ago even in the most expensive cars but like people don't give a shit they just they're yeah. just not even paying any attention whatsoever out there on the road and it's because they're in these like impenetrable bubbles it's like a perfect metaphor for being online <laughs> is the way that people behave in their cars cr- where like nothing can affect them or bother them because they're just fucking yeah I'm in my fucking ama- amazing plastic and metal thing that uh, literally uh, toddlers just bounce off of and there's no damage to my car so fuck it Last thing on this road driving stuff, but how many people do you think have been saved by the the, the seatbelt thing making a sound? Like for the people, for some reason, there are, I, I know some of them who the are just thing? the, the, the warning yeah, the that you war- didn't buckle yeah, up after yet, like that ten thing? seconds. Uh, like you haven't worn your seatbelt, buddy. What's up? Probably a lot right? because it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. Yeah, and it's like somebody had to think. It's like okay, how do we? Let's find people. That's not going to work. You can't catch them all. Let's just make it annoying enough to where make it annoying. They'll just put it on. I'm waiting for one of these insurance companies because they've already got. We can actually talk a little bit about invasive tech stuff because of what China's been up to. Uh, I don't know if you watched that video I sent you. Uh, I that read the, New York the article. Times put together. Yeah, but 
like Progressive, I think, is one of the companies that does it. There might be another couple of them where you plug this thing into your car and it keeps track of whether or not you're a safe driver. Yeah, they patch and then you it off as disc. like you could save money by us tracking you. Well, you can. That's not just passing it off. Right, but, right, but they're not, selling it. They're selling it to you as how to save money. Right. What they're not telling you is, uh, you did seventy in that forty-five right. all the fucking time. Because if so. they're monitoring you, they can monitor you for anything that goes wrong too, right? So it's like they're pushing the positive spin, but like they can also get you the other way. Right. So what I'm waiting for is for somebody to install some sort of heads-up monitoring device, one of these companies to introduce some sort of eye because. All of your your phone and your, and websites when you're browsing, if you have your camera open, they do eye tracking stuff where they determine how long you've spent looking at certain aspects of the web page, right? And so that's how they, like they try to sell ads that way and that sort of thing. And I think you have to – generally, I think the theory is you have to opt in. But if you think that Google's got a camera pointed at your face and, and iPhone has a – Apple's got a camera pointed at your face 23 hours a day or however long it is that you look at your phone. That's just me, personal experience. And they're not taking advantage of the fact that they can see exactly where your eyes are right. at all time. I think you're probably deluding yourself a bit. But in the car, like there should be – like if they catch you looking down – at your fucking phone, you fucking scumbag. There should be a similar seatbelt style oh, really? alarm. Eyes forward. It should just say eyes forward. That'd be yeah. Uh, that th- that'd be a pretty good idea. Although I don't know who would uh, get that vehicle. Do you think going back to the manual stick shifts uh, would uh, curb some of this? Uh, maybe like the automatic vehicle so easy that people can do many, many know. things. I could just as easily zone out driving a stick yeah. as I could driving an yeah, automatic. Yeah, once you get up in the high, yeah. you know, gears and whatever, miles per hour, like you're not shifting gears anymore. No, but you do in the there. city driving. And there, I see a lot of yeah. people just like, and, and that's one, like, because going back to the strodes thing, there are so many possible things that people, they can just stop, turn, another car can come. So like in that environment, you know, until uh, this perfect world that that guy uh, envisions uh, happens there's a lot of moving parts you you can't afford to just be looking on your phone and no, that's why i find it so stressful to drive but i don't find it stressful to drive on an interstate yeah yeah because on an interstate we're all going the same direction right all of the time right on in these other roads there's people and cars and lanes yeah, and that, driveways yeah. the driveways yeah. like driveways and other streets like it's too much yeah the, the thing is like there's like a trade-off yeah because on the highway everybody's going to go in the same direction uh but it's a high speed so if something goes wrong it'll go really long wrong but it's more likely it's that speed things will... unless you're in like dc traffic right. <laughs> <laughs> but on the city it's lower speed but it's still dangerous i mean 45 to 55 that's still you can cause a lot of damage yeah is it is it possible that it's something as stupid as like the gun control thing is like uh, we can't have any gun control because any gun control is just a, uh, the first step down a slippery right. slope of confiscation and and you know, licensing is just a, the first step to eventually a national database where you have to turn your gun in at the end of the day. Is it possible that any sort of so-called progressive i don't mean progressive in the politically democratic sense but like a a, a progress oriented idea about how to rebuild our urban and suburban environments 
there's, there's just something that people naturally react against. The way that people are, human beings are, I think, sort of naturally conservative, yeah. just as a... People don't like in, change. In the yeah. way that life is just sort of, in order to perpetuate life, you tend to want to allow your situation to continue the way that it is. Is it just that, like, anything that feels like a revolutionary change about the way, like, from, from here, which, while not perfect... Is at least like it's still doing the job, right? And everybody gets up and goes to bed, and 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 life proceeds apace. That any change is just like ah, why bother? Right. Like we should do, we should just keep things. It's not broke, don't fix it. Even if it is fucking obviously super fucking broke, is it is it just that? Is that why nothing gets that, done? And also, I think people think it's not p- possible. Maybe you need like a proof of concept success story in a mid-sized or bigger city where people are like industries moving there more people are you know, educated people are moving there because it's like life is just easier to live here because of the infrastructure is so much better well, that city is apparently just amsterdam right it would have to be somewhere in america because they're like all oh, those weirdos and their bicycles like that you know like I think a lot of America. I mean, not to stereotype Americans, but I suspect whenever people say, "Oh, in Finland they're doing this," they're like, "Oh, fuck that! I'm not in Finland." Like for some reason, it's like this thing. Like, oh, that's what they're doing. Yeah, they yeah there's, there's that some, not just there like is us. something like <laughs> elemental about like American car culture that forces people to like accept this bogus well, it, status quo of, of our, our shitty infrastructure. Right. I mean, we are a massive, massive country. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and maybe the proof of concept is one of these lunatic libertarian tech bro billionaires who wants to build his own city somewhere, right? Like, you've, we've do seen a, a bit of that. And yeah, somebody should fucking do it if they're going to do yeah. it. But However the success imp- comes, I welcome it. All right. Speaking of improving one locality as a proof of concept for the rest of everyone else and a, and a locality that is burgeoning in population, that is exploding, relatively speaking, we have... The great state of Texas. And in Texas this year, which has uh, – the population is increasing, I think, faster than almost any other American state. People are, are moving to Texas. They're flocking to Texas. California lost a congressional seat, correct? And I yeah. think New York lost one also, whereas Texas, on the other hand, is adding population, just furiously adding population. Is Texas still the the fourth or the third biggest? Because it's New York, California, Texas, and Florida, the big four. But I don't know if the sequence has changed. I think it's still California one. Let's see. Largest population states in the United States. California at nearly 40 million. So they can afford to shed a few. Texas at not quite 30 million. So there's like a 10 million person gap. Yeah, and then you go down to Florida at twenty one and a half million and New York at twenty million. Okay. Wow. California is New York and California I mean New York and Florida combined. California's enormous. Holy shit. No wonder some people are, are leaving. There's just so many people. All right. So in Texas this weekend we had the Texas Republican Party got together and formalized their like they had their annual conference or whatever. And they formalized their Platform or what is it? Party platform. Yes. Sorry. I lost the word there because national Republicans don't have a party (laughs) platform at the moment. (laughs) Last time around, they had the mind. Right. Nobody cared. Last time around, they had the opportunity to put together a party platform and they basically just said, uh, party platform, twitter.com forward slash real Donald (laughs) Trump was the party platform. And I'm not, I'm not exactly, that's not, that's not exaggeration. That's basically what the plan was. It it would be like when, when I know this is not the point you're making, but when uh, I first heard about the uh, fuck the platform, like I didn't know you could do that. It would be like a, 
NBA player fucking up one of their CLs, and they're like, ah, fuck it. I don't need that. I don't need the MCL. I'm not going to just right. play without it. I'll figure it out. On second thought, though, it might be better if if we just stuck with vague and undefined and sort of Twitter-centric party platforms because Texas has got pretty weird over the weekend. I'll the, say. Now, now, of course, and, and I will caveat this by saying party platforms are not policy. Yeah. They're not law. Yeah. They're not even – I mean it's it's almost even silly. It's It's almost as silly as pointing at – a president's budget, for example, right. right? Like the president's budget isn't actually reflective of anything at all beyond a wish list and a bunch of handouts or theoretical handouts to people that supported him in the last couple of years or who he hopes to have the support of moving forward, right? right. So it's not like this is actually – in some ways what we're about to discuss is a whole bunch of vaporware. But it's, it's not – I, I, I do th- You're right. I mean most of those – either the national platform or a budget proposal, they're either like value signals like, hey, these are the things we are for – if we ran everything, but we don't, and we know we're not going to get it, but at least you're kind of signaling to people the things that are you think are important to your party. Like, kind of like, this is what the party is for. And that's why I think even though, right. like, it's ridiculous nonsense what Texas did, it's still kind of troubling that this is what they're signaling. Like, this is what we're for. All right. So how much – because it it's 40 pages. I read all 40 pages wow. today. and You are a glutton for punishment. How much of the Texas Republican platform would you say you're familiar with I, at the moment? All, all I know uh, of the platform is uh, they kick the gays out and uh, they, uh, in theory, want to secede from the union, that the union that they love. Right. So I'll call it a game. It's, is the following actual quotes from the Texas Republican Party platform <laughs> adopted this weekend or not? Right? What was the the previous iteration? Was it batshit or whatever? Like it was some – Whack, whack yeah. shit or wacky yeah. shit. That was the Bible. That territory. Yeah. It's along those lines. Yeah. Number one, and and you just – well, I'll just go through it quickly. I got a lot of quotes here, okay. and you just tell me if that was actually in the Republican Party platform or not. And also, by the way, at the start of this – or in the middle of this thing, I don't know if anybody saw the video from this, the dust-up between – what they're calling Eye Patch McCain is Tucker Carlson's nickname for Dan Crenshaw. The, uh, the for Dan Crenshaw in are they not friends? Texas, what, they're not friends what anymore with because Crenshaw? now he's a rhino. Wasn't he the guy with the goofy fucking promo ad where he jumped from the sky into a car? Yeah, yeah, like, he does paratrooper shit yeah. and and he's a superhero and that sort of thing. But he's also because he was like nominally supportive of Ukraine against Russia. That pissed off Tucker Carlson, apparently. That's that's uh, the origin where they parted, like him and Crenshaw? It's, I don't know if it's the precise it's origin, of, but it is one of the main things that he's now – he now talks about him as though he's like some sort of warmongering, lunatic, soldier for NATO sort of thing rather than just picking a side in an obvious yeah. – <laughs> where your choices are between a country that is not actively invading their neighbor and one that is, yeah. and apparently he chose poorly. Anyway, Crenshaw is as lock stock a conservative fucking goober Republican as you can possibly imagine. 
and apparently not enough. He's being chased around this convention, being shouted at. And this is a guy who lost an eye, right. like a guy <laughs> who lost his eye because he's a was he a Navy SEAL or he's just some a regular soldier or something yeah. and lost his eye in combat. And they're, now they're dumping on him, calling him Eye Patch McCain, which who I saw somebody say. Served. In- this is not this is not an insult. <laughs> like Eye Patch McCain is like a badass nickname. Right. Why are you calling it an yeah. insult? And it's like on it works because McCain was also. But the, right. th- that's why it's kind of a uh, a bottomless pit. It doesn't matter. All the 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 in the past, there are certain things that were beyond. Rep- there are certain things you can't attack somebody on. Like you can talk policy and say he was wrong on this, but the way that some of these politicians are being attacked, who are otherwise, like you said, he's not like some liberal, right? He believes in a lot of this conservative stuff, right? And if he runs afoul, and it's usually if you don't kiss the ring of Donald, that's usually how this happened. So I'm surprised that, I mean, he wasn't like the biggest fan of Trump. He was but not, he so he did not constantly, he, he was not always falling in line right. with Trump was the other, like, I'm sure that that is the genesis of yeah. it, is that he did not blindly, <laughs> he did not blindly follow <laughs> Trump. Although like he also was, whenever Trump did something fucked up, he would never full-throatedly like condemn him for it because he would always in the very next breath be talking about how, uh, the media is being hysterical here right. and we should just move on. Right. Like, no, man, actually, it's fine to also just say that Donald Trump shouldn't be trying to start a nuclear right. war right. over And actually, Twitter. we would move on uh, if you just agree to the reality before us. Right. If you would just say, yeah, that's pretty fucking crazy, huh? Like, instead of saying, oh, this is just media hype. Like, no, the right. president said he's going to fucking push the button yeah. against North Korea, which is weird. <laughs> All right, anyway, from the Republican Party platform that was adopted over the weekend, we reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election, and we hold that acting President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Yes, that was in the platform. The Republicans in Texas, the second largest state in the union, the largest Republican state in the country, have decided that as part of their platform— the 2020 election was a fraud. It, did they go on to say, like, going forward, we just will not recognize any defeats at the ballot box? Just No, but they did go on to say that as part of their platform that they want as many Republicans as possible to In, register to watch elections. To intimidate and, and, other voters. Yeah. Okay. Number two, resolution against the gang of 20 gun control bill. Whereas all gun control is a violation of the Second Amendment and our God-given rights, we resolve against the forthcoming gun control bill. That also sounds about right. Yep, that's also right. Number three, homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. You probably didn't have to go beyond the first word. That's got to be true. Yes, they said in the party platform (laughs) – of the Texas Republican uh, organization that homosexuality in, – in, in the year 2022, <laughs> homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Abe, who is this party for? I don't know because I didn't know the log cabin Republicans were still around. They were a thing back They're in the not. 90s and the aughts. But they didn't get the memo of what the platform was going to be because didn't they get disinvited or they're like, oh, no room for you guys. Maybe they made a calculation. They said that we don't need to, after that 2012 uh, autopsy when uh, Romney lost, and uh, it seemed like, man, maybe we can't beat these Democrats nationally. Uh, They did an autopsy, and they were like, maybe we need to expand the base. But it seems like they're not contracting it back 
to say fuck the gays and soon fuck the others? It seems to me that anyone who would identify as a log cabin Republican would at this point with all the rest of it, yeah. like fuck their gay identity. Like <laughs> yeah. that is not a problem. Like they have disconnected with reality. Yeah. So yeah. who cares? Like right. they don't but, so but I'm not even like it doesn't surprise me when there are gay people who are conservatives yeah. and who are Republicans. That like I'm it's I'm totally fine with it. What I'm what I am surprised by is this like explicit language in the Texas party platform that says homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Like it, it first of all, it's a denial of the fact that there are just gay people rather right. than the word choice there is what is what really fucking throws no, me but off. That's like the if thing, they just called like, homosexuality a deviant lifestyle or an abnormal lifestyle, I would have glossed right over it. Like, yeah, of course Republicans are gonna say that. But to call to no, insist on this the choice I think language any is absurd. Of the homosexual Republicans are gonna say, like, yeah, this is my choice. Like they're just disconnected with reality, so what does it matter anymore? Right. It seemed like they're we're going through like yet another party realignment kind of thing where they're kind of shuffling the decks a bit because the Republican Party is starting to be like even less secular than they were before. Like basically, so like this would be in alignment with whatever is going on at these evangelical churches, right? So they're playing up to them. Well, God said the gays are blah blah blah. So the platform has to reflect. That. I think they're all the. Let's go with the tax cuts and deregulation and everybody else do whatever seems to be out. And now it's like some version of a Christian nationalism, weird, almost kind of – it's very – like <laughs> in history, that's yep. never a good play. But uh, I guess we're doing this. It seems like they're going for that. It's also – like, and I, it gets into these questions of are they actually interested in governing in any sense that – in which – a party that has a majority in some way represents in theory the will or the or the thoughts and ideals of a majority of the population right like that's sort of I the think idea obviously no i think right. obviously no right because like and there i don't I, i'm i'm hung up on this this thing about homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice because that is a it's not that it's a tiny percentage of of Americans, or certainly not a tiny percentage of Republicans who would endorse that, but it is a it is a decreasing percentage right. of people who think that way, right? And they'll go along with it. Right. People are remarkably open to these bad ideas, uh, you know. So if they keep talking up this way, you'll see the poll numbers so go what, down. So you, why? What, so what is it about that particular? And, and and I know that the typical sort of left-leaning response to this is that people who are accepting of that sort of language, who would otherwise like not say it, but like, okay, well, I want lower taxes and I want less government regulation, and so I'm going to vote Republican even though that's there. Some people on the left would say, well, you're secretly a bigot, right? It's the secret homophobe in you, and you're right. just using the lower taxes thing as an excuse. As I don't think that's what's going on here. But what does what, what, what does stick out to me, what does bother me, is that it would be impossible for me in the state of Texas to vote for somebody who is a, who endorsed this list of priorities as listed in the Texas GOP platform 
because like I yeah you're not Republican a, right so but but the point is that like to me that's an abhorrent thing to say and it's and it's worse than it just being an abhorrent thing to say if my neighbor thinks that I can still live my life in that neighborhood with that neighbor and think the neighbor's a fucking moron but I'm not right. going to vote to put him in charge of anything right right, right. like and it, it it's just, there's just something that the things that we accept as being like I, I disagree with this, but I respect your right to say so. That's one thing. But to right. say I disagree with this, but also I'll be I'll be in a party with you, even though you say that homosexuality <laughs> is an abnormal lifestyle choice. Like that just doesn't compute with me at it, all. That, yeah, it, maybe I don't know, but but and it is technically an abnormal th- lifestyle choice. So this is an unfair thing for me to say, but whatever. Uh, it's probably because you don't go to a house of worship. I think religious people are more open to that than others, right? Ah, I'm not going to read the whole book, but I hear that in the book somewhere it says something uh, against it. So, like religious people, I think is their 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 solid new base. Like I'm gonna cater to them, just like with the abortion thing. We're kind of backsliding to the old. As I was saying before, though, this is a this is a shrinking plurality of the american public so what is the plan here and and it seems to be that the plan is to have strict minority rule is to embrace the anti-democratic things that are going on that the the structures in this country that are built purposefully in an anti-democratic way that give us anti-democratic results and then to grab hold of power like what do you think the end game is then because in the in the long run people will revolt if 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 the people who wrote this platform simply took over and got to make all of the laws, there would be actual violent revolution. It would right. be very bad right. for everyone involved. And they would have no one to blame but themselves because they know that they're they're taking a position that is out of step with the majority of the population, whether they think it's morally right or not. Uh, m- maybe they're no longer striving for broad appeal. Like, are they going – maybe, like, all of these things that people are kind of, like, pretending isn't a big thing where, like, they're setting it up to where in when the opportunity arises to where they can not certify somebody in a state election or a federal election, they will actually do that. Like, it's not like, oh, you caught us. We've learned our mistake, and now everything's back to normal. Maybe the, the plan is, like, make it unpalatable for people to vote for Democrats because, you know, just point to – any one of the fuck-ups that they have, right? And then rile up your base and then depress the people in the middle who don't care one way or the other. Like, you acted like the people on the left, I'm going to say, when the Roe v. Wade thing came out and how, like, they were being alarmist, saying, this is what comes first, here's what comes next. Right. But that seems to be the fucking plan. Right. So they're not being alarmist. They're being realistic. Right. And and there's again, there's never been so far any political cause for all of these shenanigans. Again, like you said, Bob, at the top uh, of this segment, that a state platform thing is just not mostly nonsense. New Hampshire or one of those New England states actually came up with their own secessionist idea or they floated around a couple of years ago. Like sometimes in state government, people do weird shit, you know, so maybe this is just nothing. But like it's troubling that. People feel confident that there's an audience for it, and they'll shit on somebody who who went to war and lost an eye, but 
they're going to pray again this they nonsense shit on McCain too. Right. Yeah. Well, my, so, and again, like my problem is has is weirdly it has less to do with the idea that there are these people within the Republican Party and more to do with the idea that Republicans are going to win in Texas despite this because of such a large portion of people are just going to write off anything that is a reaction to this as hysterical nonsense, right? right? They're like, ah, oh, so they so they don't like gays. Who cares? Right. Like, that's not that's not actually important. Let them say what they want to say. Whereas on the other side, if you want to talk about how, I mean, not that I want to talk about how fucking America is a fundamentally racist country or whatever, like that fundamentally invalidates people. You will, you, any, any hint of any CRT or even fake CRT or any of the Nicole Hannah-Jones stuff or the Tana Hesse Coates or or uh the guy at BU. Uh good night racism fella. Yeah. Uh, oh. The guy was coming his, to my town, Ibram Candy. Ibram X Candy. Ibram yeah. X Candy. Anything that sniffs of that and and anyone who might have anything remotely positive to say about one little aspect of something that any of those people are saying or treats it with any degree of respect, you're, you would immediately say, no, nope, you're fucking full of shit, and we reject this entirely, the whole project, whole cloth. But they're perfectly willing to accept all of this other nonsense that the, that the GOP is putting forth. And I don't, I don't get it. I don't get right. where the consistency is supposed to be. There isn't consistency. We oppose all efforts to validate transgender identity. <laughs> Fact. Also in there, we oppose yeah. any expansion of gambling, including legalized casino gambling. Also in there, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Everything that I'm about to read is actually in right. the GOP party platform. I didn't make any of this shit up. Prohibit sexual transition surgeries, hormonal blockers, social transitioning, or other treatments for transgender uh, or allegedly transgender youth. So, not just that they don't want kids to get uh, puberty blockers, which is also in there. Not just that they don't want kids to have top surgery, which is also in there. But also, it should be against the law to have a social transitioning for your allegedly trans child. Like, And in what world does that make any fucking sense? Right. And, and who gets to control that? Your son isn't allowed to wear a skirt to school? That's against the law? He's not allowed to grow his hair out or something along those lines? Your girl is not allowed to wear jeans and a t-shirt and shave her head and bind her breasts so that it doesn't look like she's well endowed? His breasts. In what fucking world do these, like, what world do they want to create? I don't get it. By the way, is there? I mean, I'm sure it's also included in this uh, what 40 page document. But you would think that they would talk about the big stuff that matters to people, like actually governing, like infrastructure. No, healthcare, that doesn't matter to people. You just like did a thing schools. that doesn't actually matter to people. Right, but it's weird. Like the the, the stuff that like the they the do bread they do and talk about issue. they do talk about healthcare. They say that right. uh, we need to clean up Medicaid fraud and everybody <laughs> should be kicked off the rolls of public healthcare. Like, and they they talk about the ending the welfare state and and by the welfare state they mean there should be no public assistance for and anything instead of the public assistance that does exist, which is not you know. Uh, as generous as other countries, but whatever we have is uh, is there. You want to get rid of even that? Like, what would be replacing that? Not Just their problem. 
This is not supposed their to the problem. grand old party. Like, the Republicans they're supposed to be the gov- the government of small of the people of small government of not interfering with your daily lives. And yet you're not allowed to socially transition your kid. That should be right. against the law. Number 7. We urge the legislature to rescind unilateral no-fault divorce laws, support covenant marriage, and to pass legislation extending the period of time in which a divorce may occur to 6 months after the date of filing for divorce. So you must stay married to your spouse for at least six months, and there is no more no-fault divorce because the Republicans say so. Wait, the uh, Handmaiden's Tale? That's what they're going for. Wait, what's the angle here? I mean, I guess I know it's a religious angle again, but, like, this would be to the benefit of, like, lawyers? No, men. To the benefit of men. So, like, what's next? They're going to close down women's shelters because it's breaking up the families, even though, like, they're getting... Like, it is so mind-numbingly stupid that you would think of this, let alone write it down. We believe that in the best interests of the family and child, the state of Texas should allow children to be adopted only by married or single heterosexuals. (laughs) Gay people, single or married, should not be allowed. So even like unfit couples who would like... uh, To adopt children. Raise these kids poorly, preferable than a loving home that's like something that you don't agree with. Since life begins at fertilization, we urge the Texas legislature to abolish abortion through enacting legislation that would immediately secure the rights to life and would nullify any and all federal statutes, regulations, orders, and court rulings that would deny these rights. So, life at conception and no abortion after that. Uh, Oppose the legalization of recreational marijuana. Just because. Alcohol's still fine. Oppose the appointment of unelected bureaucrats and support the defunding and abolishing of the following departments or agencies. Are you ready for this list, Abe? Oh, boy. The IRS, education. That's right. Sorry. (laughs) You're out of a job. IRS, education, energy, housing and urban development, uh, the Department of Commerce, Health and Human Services, uh, Department of Labor, Department of the Interior, Specifically, also the Bureau of Land Management, Transportation Security Administration, ATF, National Labor Relations Board, Food and Drug Administration, the Centers for Disease Control, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or the FDIC, OSHA, and any other federal agency or department that is not authorized by the Constitution. This is very uh, magical thinking. We urge that the Voting Rights Act of 1965, codified and updated in 1973, be repealed and not reauthorized. What? They're against the voting rights? Yes, they... You think people would vote for this? (laughs) We call for the permanent end of the H-1B foreign worker visa. Permanent end of H-1B foreign worker visas in the interest of protecting American jobs, classified technology, and national security. I would like to ask Elon Musk, who's made a, a great point of moving Tesla and his uh, rocket companies. He wants to move into Texas over the last couple He moved uh, SpaceX to Texas, and I think he yeah. wants to build in a uh, Tesla plant in Texas also. How many of his employees, because I looked it up, there are uh, literally like 3,000 H-1Bs that Tesla has gotten approved since 2019 for their employees, their engineers, and and the people that they need. How would Elon feel about completely ending the H-1B visa, considering how many top-flight foreign workers that he's brought in uh, under that program? 
It drives me nuts. Like, in what world does it make sense to kill a program that brings in highly qualified, right. super smart people who want to come to this country and work and, play, and pay taxes? I don't, I don't fucking get it. I don't know what it is. The, the fucking the idiot on the corner who's begging for money isn't going to get that fucking job that's going to an H-1B worker. Right. To be fair, none of these are good ideas, including that one. <laughs> um, but, I mean, simply put, it seems like it's – Freedom is what we tell you you can do, right? Because it has no yes, real that's been the coherent. Case this whole time. Let's draw the line. Government should get off people's back. Do whatever you want as long as it's not impacting anybody. Else. Like if that was like okay, you, whatever. That's one position. But what they're saying is that you can't do this. You can't do this because I don't want you to do this. But if I want it, then fuck you. You can't tell me I can't do it. Like it's like exactly I'll do anything it. I want. And nothing you want. And I don't want to hear that Texas or the Republicans are the party of fucking liberty. Like right. we said a, a month ago with the don't mess with Texas bullshit and everybody should be armed and walking around and good guy with the gun. It doesn't hold. If right. this is what you're saying is the, is the whole point of your political party in the state of Texas, you are not the fucking paragons of liberty. You are not the defenders of freedom. I don't know right. what it is that you are defending. But it has but nothing to do with what we're trying to do here in this country. White, that, cis, male, fucking macho shit. They're, but that's why I don't un understand right why people bullshit. keep talking up freedom and liberty. When you don't actually believe that. You're just saying, I want to be able to do what I want. Like, that's not... Right. It is the most impoverished and, and unexpansive view of uh, notions of human liberty as can right. possibly be imagined. Right. Uh, number 14 in my list here, bullshit from the Texas GOP platform, pass unrestricted constitutional carry by amending Article 1, Section 23 of the Texas Constitution by removing, quote, but the legislature shall have the power by law to regulate the wearing of arms with a view to prevent crime. So they want to take out the only little caveat that's in the Texas Constitution that gives the legislature the power to place any limits whatsoever on gun ownership in the state of Texas. There's that little caveat there where it starts just like the Second Amendment does that says basically uh, in order to protect life, liberty, property of both the government and of private citizens, everybody should have a gun. And then it says comma – but the legislature shall have the power by law to regulate the wearing of arms with a view to pre prevent crime. They say that needs to go. <laughs> Unrestricted constitutional carry. We oppose federally directed plans and proposals that favor renewable energy sources that may oh constitute a nuisance or otherwise have a substantially <laughs> negative impact on neighboring landowners, including harming property values of our neighborhoods, farms, and ranch areas, which is – that is like an explicit thing that says if you own a piece of land and you want to put some uh, – a solar array on it or you want to put a windmill on it, you're not going to be permitted to because it gives – it's an eyesore for your fucking right. neighbor. Going but, back to that – What are property rights then, Again, Texas? What the fuck are you talking about? That's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with your liberty or freedom. It's all about what I want. It's like it's the most like petty, childish way of viewing things. And these They're are like grown, fully functioning more adults. Transparent than they've been before. That's all it is. They've always been like this. It's like petty tyrants. Number 16, repeal all minimum wage laws federally and locally. It's too high. The the current minimum yeah, is seven, too high. Seven twenty five is too high. <laughs> Uh, they conclude with a couple of resolutions. They also have in here uh, suggested amendments to the United States Constitution. And forgive me for not turning this into a valid game, but I, I just 
Yeah. I read all 40 fucking pages and I got mad at it and I realized that like no matter what I come up with, it's not it, it'll be funny and stupid, but it won't be as purely enraging as the things that are here. Uh, so, so here are all of the amendments to the U.S. Constitution supported by the Texas GOP. Uh, support term limits of 12 years for federal and state offices. Oppose packing or enlarging the United States Supreme Court and supports the pending Keep Nine Amendment as filed in the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives. C. Support repeal of the 16th Amendment, which is the Federal Income Tax Amendment. D. Support restoring state sovereignty with the repeal of the 17th Amendment, which is what says that senators are popularly elected and instead let them be appointed by state legislatures. Which that is an interesting argument to have. I will grant them that. I think it is. I don't think it's a good it's argument, a, it's, but yeah, it's, it's an it's, argument. It's dead on arrival, but it's an interesting discussion to have. Support a change to the Fourteenth Amendment to eliminate birth tourism or anchor babies by granting citizenship <laughs> only to those with at least one biological parent who is a United States citizen. We talked about this when Trump was on his anchor babies thing a couple of years ago, I think, and it is so purely antithetical to. Every notion that I have about what we're about or supposed to be about in this country, this idea that because your parents were born somewhere else, despite the fact that you were born on American soil, you're not by rights an American citizen. Again, I try to stay away from disgust as a general mode of being in reaction to things, but that's fucking disgusting that you would deny someone American citizenship based on this fiction that people are coming over here to have babies in droves. Finally, support a constitutional amendment making English the official language of the United States and one of no more than two official languages of all U.S. territories and other possessions. And that's all I've got from the Texas GOP platform. It is an exercise in getting exercised about things that don't fucking matter. I recognize that. But it, at the same time, this is the things that they're willing to say. And, and maybe maybe I'm just falling prey. I'm just falling into their trap of getting pissed off at something that is designed to piss me off. But I, I don't understand how this – well, a party platform is supposed to point a way forward for a party. It's supposed the, – the idea is to create something that people can latch onto and say, yes, this is what I believe in. And if this is what they believe in, I don't know – I don't know what the point of their fucking party is moving forward. If you – took the Texas GOP platform, all that stuff, and just used each uh, of these uh, proposals as poll questions, how well would these things poll? Because I can't imagine if you asked a bunch of people in Texas or you know, broadened it and made it a nationwide poll, that it would get outside the 20s that in support of this but stuff? This is what we were talking about last week. Like, people will jump and say no, but then all it takes is a little poking, and they're yeah. like, yeah, Trump was legitimate. Like, Trump's the president for real. Right. Like, if- people are so just easily manipulated. It doesn't take much for them to just turn on everything yeah, they believe in. Yeah, just package it slightly differently, and, and it will go down smoothly. For some reason, it's like people are like if you present something and package it in a way or you frame it in a certain way especially if the alternative is CRT right, and right. fucking everyone's trans or something i don't right. know what the problem is with any right. of that but right. if that's if the evil other side is right. the alternative then like yeah i hate gay people and women too right but more so than like all of the i mean 
I don't know how many people in the country benefits from these social services. Or I mean, again, this is pie in the sky stuff. It's not going to happen. But if it were, it would get rid of all of these benefits that people rely on, especially all the old geezers with the Medicare um, and Social Security. I mean, I guess Social Security kind of pay into. But like, I don't, I don't understand what it is that people. You, you would rather go against some imagined mm-hmm. evil. That even best case scenario is like a very small part of the country. It's like, how many people are trans like in this country that you're worried so big? Like, more every day, Abe. It's it's a very weird thing. You can kind of convince people that this is a more pressing threat than these other issues that would actually have a harm done to their life. If there's if there's anywhere in here to take some sort of solace in, it is. Exactly. It is to point at exactly what happened to the Democrats over the course of the last 18 months or so. Ever since Joe Biden and the Democrats got their Senate majority or their their 50 plus one in the United States Senate, and we went from having a presidency that was going to be largely hamstrung by Mitch McConnell and uh, recalcitrant and obstinate and obstructing Republican-controlled Senate – to one that featured Kamala Harris as the tie-breaking vote. And they seemed to believe that their mandate was transformed by that day on January 5th, and then subsequently what happened on January 6th, that somehow the combination of the fact that they took the Senate and Trump and his supporters revealed themselves to be so fucking unacceptably awful right. in the in the way that they behaved on January 6th and what followed that the Biden administration convinced itself that it could reach for the fucking stars and and created a platform that was unacceptable to way too big majority of uh, the United States population and and one that could easily be run against maybe this this Texas GOP platform is another example of people overstepping their bounds and believing that they have a much broader mandate than they actually do, right? right. Maybe maybe that's what this is an example of. Now, it would need to be borne out over the course of the next couple of years that they have less electoral success than they otherwise might have, and it's a completely unprovable and falsifiable hypothesis. Uh, but maybe what this is, what it represents, is that in this moment of sort of heightened and absurd rhetoric from many sides, from 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 all sides, that this just represents another step in that stupid direction, and that they will have no choice but to pull back from it uh, in the future. Uh, the only issue with that is, so far there hasn't been any cost paid for the, this kind of nonsense. Like in the last few years, right? All the stuff that McConnell's done, like just changing stuff, whenever just because it benefits his side, all the different. Statements well, and denials so I, I, and, and and sort of, except that Georgia. I mean, the the Senate races in Georgia could arguably be a cost of of what Mitch McConnell did and and what the Republicans did in the in the couple of years there. Right? Like you don't, we don't we don't know exactly, right? But it, it, I guess it was yeah, impo- that'd be one possible. Uh, but but I I don't I don't I mean we'll see in, in this November. But like all this stuff. People will just tune out and just say, "Oh, gas prices are high, so fuck it." Right, Let's gas prices are too high, and it sucks to be the party in power when shit's not going right. right. But that also plays right into what I'm trying to say here, which is that it's super easy when you control none of the official levers of power in government right. to throw stones and say, "This is all fucking bullshit," and here's what we want to do. And then when you get in charge and 
shit's not automatically better for everyone, then it's not going to be like you, you, you suffer that. That's when you start to suffer for overstepping your rhetorical bounds, I think. Right. And, and that's, that's in particular why Biden has taken it on the chin here and gotten down into the thirties on his approval is because not only did he take charge, he also had the levers of power of the important parts of government and then also had all of these grand ideas that nobody fucking liked. Right. I want to play a quick clip here. I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend. Triumph, the insult comic dog, was visiting the Capitol trying to talk to members of Congress, and he got arrested. (laughs) I thought his uh, producers and what, Smigel got arrested? I have no reason to believe that Smigel wasn't among this okay. group of seven people who were arrested. I didn't see anything that said that he wasn't. I assumed that uh, because they presented as like Colbert show. I thought it we Colbert's people. crew has yeah. Triumph the Insult comic dog now. Yes, maybe Smigel's not as big you. as I thought he was. Okay, you think they would have because it's the same network. I get it. Yeah. But you well, think no, that he would be name tracked? Yeah. Uh, he would okay, be name tracked. If it was Smigel, right? They would say Smigel and other. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, no respect here for Bob Smigel. I don't like that. Sure, if it was me, I would let him slide. But <laughs> I don't think any ca- Capitol Police know who the fuck Robert Smigel is. Uh, they know the bit. Come they on, might. they've seen it. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the young. ambiguously gay duo would go over. <laughs> Real big with the Capitol Police these days. Know. We don't know. We can't. We can't judge the Capitol Police as a. What as a great a, bit the ambiguously gay duo was. By that's the way. so good. Anyway, let's go watch that instead of doing this. Triumph was, and his his crew of seven were arrested. Apparently, they overstayed their welcome. They were supposed to have left, but they were still there late in the night. They weren't in the Capitol. They were in like the House Building next to the Capitol or something like that. But somebody called. Somebody called it in. They yeah. they had permission to be there, but then apparently they were there later than they were supposed to be, and they got in trouble for it. I'm going to play a clip about this as aired on the Tucker Carlson program. This is almost beyond belief. But Tucker got just a haircut. Before show where yeah, we he still last night, looks like a fucker. Producers for Stephen worse. Colbert's show on CBS committed insurrection at the United States Capitol. Adam Schiff, the congressman from California, who has spent the last year and a half telling you that unauthorized violations of capital space are a coup, Adam Schiff illegally gave producers from CBS access to the Capitol. And then the group, which includes the show's senior producer, a director, a comedian, and a writer, remained in the Houseworth, Longworth House office building after hours. And the point of them being there was for them to harass sitting members of Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. U.S. Capitol Police say they got a call about a disturbance at about 8.30 p.m. They told us, quote, responding officers observed seven individuals unescorted and without congressional ID in a sixth-floor hallway. Officers then arrested them and charged them with unlawful entry into the Capitol complex. Now, that's the exact same charge that many January 6th defendants face. We'll just get right to it. It is likely that some members of Stephen Colbert's team will be held in solitary confinement for a year and a half without being charged. Why? Because this is an insurrection. And actually, joking aside, how could they not be held joking for aside. a year and a half in solitary confinement without being charged? Because the precedent is in place. And 
How in the world can Adam Schiff, again, who spent the last year and a half eliminating the civil liberties of Trump voters on the basis of January 6th, do the exact same thing and not face punishment? We're going to tell jokes about, oh, it's like Pearl Harbor. No, it's exactly <laughs> like what happened on January 6th. So we'll take a exactly. close look at what punishments are. What the fuck is he talking about? And who takes it like... How do you take this guy seriously if you're a person who has previously taken him seriously? And I know that this shouldn't, like, I guess if you've crossed that many bridges That's with him, this is no it. greater That's bridge. Th this is their news. Right. But what the fuck? Well, the idea so is to. Going in and making fun of people is the same as going in and breaking <laughs> windows and threatening to kill people. What's right. the difference? Same. The Solitary confinement, all jokes aside. The, the lengths that uh, people go to to minimize what actually happened is evidenced by this. Like, I mean, there is really no bounds where he, they won't go. The general idea is to say this is a nothing, what happened with uh, with uh, the Colbert Report and Smigel. Just uh, like the <laughs> attempted yeah. <laughs> oh, the insurrection the is also nothing, which is a very weird argument to make, especially if you watch any of these hearings it's like they no don't <laughs> yeah and i guess if you don't yeah it's also funny to me and i i know that this is typical of me to bash one side and then immediately turn around and bash the other but colbert is just a complete fucking parody of what he used to be for the other side and i'll, I'll just play a clip here because yeah. well he's nothing like what he used to be right he was doing a thing Oh, the great now thing Tucker too. Carlson does that thing, but evil. Now, it's predictable why these TV talkers are talking like this on the TV. They want to talk about something other than the January 6th hearings on the actual seditionist insurrection that led to the deaths of multiple people and the injury of over 140 police officers. But drawing any equivalence between rioters storming our Capitol to prevent the counting of electoral ballots... And a cigar-chomping toy dog is a shameful and grotesque insult to the memory of everyone who died. And it obscenely trivializes the service and the courage the Capitol Police showed on that terrible day. So, there, and you will rightly roll your eyes at me for being mad at Colbert for Can that I do exact this first? clip. Mm. Okay, go ahead. Right. Are you rolling your eyes at me or at him? Because my eye roll is at this motherfucker who, like, but he's, he, he has to stand said. on the mountain of moral clarity and, yeah. and declare how right and correct he is and how morally abhorrent the opponent is when the only response to that from Tucker is to put a picture of Tucker up in the Chiron and have Triumph take a dump on him. Right. Like right. that is the only the only valid response to what Tucker did right. is to just take an actual shit from the actual rubber dog and, and put it on Tucker's face. Right. Because that's all that Tucker deserves. He doesn't deserve you to get up on your moral high horse and declare all of the things that he's declaring there so that Tucker can turn around and do the exact same bit tomorrow. Right. Which is what he's going to do because you did the thing that you did. I don't know why it's such a hard lesson to learn, but you can't, you can't, you can't shame the shameless. Like, this approach of, like, I'm going to, like, point out how, you know, uh, serious uh, the one thing is and not serious the other thing is. And that's going to be a gotcha. And he's going to be shamed into apologizing and saying, oh, 
I drew a false equivalence. My bad. Like, that's not going to happen. So it's like, what is the... You're not Walter uh, fucking Cronkite, right. Stephen Colbert. Right. You're Stephen Colbert. Right. Your last name is an actual joke that you traded in on for 10 fucking years. <laughs> right? Like, what are we talking about? Right. I just don't know why he thinks he's in that position to do the thing that he's doing there. I just, I don't, I don't get it at all. It seems like an irresistible urge to, like, I got someone on an argument and I'm going to like play it up like, Oh, what about the dead? So-and-so like, that's a gotcha. It's not a gotcha. The guy Carlson is doing a, he didn't care. He's not going to respond. And and you know, it's a much better bit. A much better bit is to come back and say, Hey, that, that, that Tucker Carlson bit, that was really good for me to poop on. Yeah. (laughs) And then you do the pooping, right? Like that's the, like, it's just right there. I don't get it. Just fucking do what you do, which is to make fun of everybody, which is like, that's the other thing with Tucker's fucking bullshit about, oh, they're just there to harass Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene. A, first of all, as though those fucking maniacs don't deserve to be harassed and B, as though Triumph, the comic insult dog, doesn't dump on everybody. Like, unless I missed something in the last 10 years and Triumph suddenly became, he's only willing to make fun of Republicans and not Democrats. I I can't imagine that's true. Maybe the the dog is uh, stuck in a slammer, you know? He he, he had, you know, Colbert had to come up with a different bit. Like, I'm going to play it straight because... The right, that's the thing. Get... It's, and it's indistinguishable from a bit that Colbert is doing about the liberal late uh, late night comedy guy. Like, that, that's what's... And his point has been made by other people elsewhere, but it is 100% true, which is that he went from doing the right-wing blowhard parody yes. on one network to functionally, in the post-Trump world, doing a left-wing parody on another network. Right. And, it's, and from... you, you can't actually tell the difference. Right. But which one's one authentic like, and which uh, not insincere kind of thing which was funny and this is like trying to be sincere but it comes off as a parody and it's not as funny the colbert report i was i could not miss it the first three or four (laughs) years it was so good it was pitch perfect and hilarious and he never broke character and it was amazing macucci was a break of a character that was (laughs) i still remember that bit it's a great bit there's just I, i i don't know how you go from doing that to doing what he's doing now and have and and look yourself in the mirror beyond he, beyond this like this weird absolute certainty of morality which i guess makes sense for a guy who's still a fucking catholic all these years later do you think it's if you do something long enough it's going to get like this like you know cuz like bill mars kind of like that or you kind of almost become a parody of yourself if you do something over and over and over again maybe by our 300th episode we'll be like he's oh, also getting the same bullshit. old like yeah. people age and they kind of yeah. change and do weird things. So yeah. it just seems to me like he's getting old. Yeah. Age will get and everyone. just more earnest. Yeah. Well, he's certainly that. It's funny you use that word because I – well, whatever. I, I think a lot about the question of cynicism and, and earnestness and where we are meant to be on that particular spectrum. And oh, I think it's got to be different for everybody. No? It has to be different for everybody, but I think that you have to find <laughs> yourself, place to you be. have to find yourself somewhere along the continuum and not at one end or the other. And okay. we live in a time of people existing only on one end or the other of that particular spectrum. And it, it makes it's crazy making. Maybe me. it's uh whenever uh, people are stressed about, 
the world, they need to group up. So they'll, they're willing to kind of get rid of some of the more rigorous positions. They're like, I just want to be part of a clique. And uh, if the group is into this bullshit, I have to be into it too, just because of the strength in numbers thing. I don't know. I, I can't make sense of it, but like, I do wonder why people who were otherwise like they had certain positions that were, you know, they're otherwise liberal, but they had some positions that were down the middle or they're otherwise conservative, but they were cool with whatever. But now it's like very like a dogmatic kind of worldview where you have to believe all of the things like you can't possibly deviate on anything. All right. uh, Real quick here in the WJS news bag. France's top administrative court ruled Tuesday against allowing body-covering burkini swimwear in public pools for religious reasons, arguing that it violates the principle of government neutrality toward religion. So wait, they banned bikinis or they banned not bikinis? They They banned burkinis? They ruled against the burkini swimwear. So you need to... burkinis. So you you need to show more skin, like by law? Like... You yes, <laughs> according to this. <laughs> how I don't do you like that? <laughs> how do you That's legislate? Of what I, like, Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin hailed the ruling by the Council of State as a quote victory for secularism. Some, okay, but like, what's a wetsuit? Some Muslim women decried it as unfairly targeting their faith and their bodies, and based on outdated misconceptions about Islam. What relevance? Like you, you, you know the. The face shield thing, that makes sense as having rules against it. We didn't have a bunch of people robbing stores with your veil, right? I mean, there could potentially be a a public safety issue with people just being covered entirely. But, like, who is someone wearing... Are you allowed to wear long sleeves and pants at the beat? Like, what is... What? what? Yeah. Liberté. (laughs) Egalité. (laughs) Fucking... Bikinis. Are they, are they, what? Are they going to mandate I, men wear speedos like the European style because the others are not acceptable to their bullshit? I don't understand. Like, it's a very stupid ruling. And yeah, like Laura said, what about if you're wearing one of those? Um, you're just wearing fucking clothes. France, like you're just wearing clothes. France is always getting France. France is always getting out ahead of this. Uh, this Muslim swimwear and, and headgear thing, though, right? I mean, this goes back. Of but this course, is, but, but like, forever. this is a body thing. This is talking about clothes. It is weird. It is definitely uh, bad. I think it's safe to say. At the beach. I mean, just imagine you go to the fucking pool and you're required to take something off. Like, it's just, it's just an inconceivable Especially thing. Especially like women uh, only. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, all right. What else yeah, is in the news? Back? Oh, go ahead. It, are they going to do anything on the men's side? You know, like, some some young men uh, who uh, are are not happy with uh, I don't know for whatever reason they they go to the beach with a shirt on the whole time right they never take their Bob shirt off like right that. yeah I a wear shirt a shirt I haven't time. been topless in public since I was like ten years old or something could yeah. you do that in France I don't know so this is literally just specifically applying to that's what I was saying it's just women it's very it's odd up. Mm. bad right. work France. Um, what else here? Good night. This piece in The Atlantic is Google dying the open secret of Google search. Did you read this? Because I know the headline appeals to you. I actually read the whole thing. Or did you, did you just look at the How headline and say, ah, I, this, I, is, I, this confirms my, my priors and I, I'm going well, to point at this. The headline confirmed my priors and then further on it undercut my 
prior opinion because it's like it's actually getting better. And actually, I do wonder, Bob. So th- this article is talking about how the top line was basically how Google doesn't feel to be as good. Google search, rather, is not as good as it used to be. But it said something further down where they were saying that the kids these days, you know, now that we're over the hill and old, but the kids these days, when they ask Google questions, they ask it as if they're speaking to a normal person, which I don't do. Right. They I, ask They ask very conversational questions. Right. right. Which I, I just put this keyword, figure it out on a computer. You're, you're not a human, right? And it used to work perfectly. I would just say the keywords. Right. And, keyword and, search, it's called. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't play ball with me when I do it that way. It, it tries to anticipate what I'm thinking. I'll come up with – sometimes it'll give me like a band name that I was trying to get a definition. It depends. It's like, it didn't used to do that. But they're saying so it's actually – if you have a question you can ask, you should just ask it. But if you're looking for like states by population, yeah, it'll give you that. Right. But if you just – have a question just ask the question sure there are so i mean there's a lot of criticism of them for promoting too much sponsored links and too many ads in general and also that yeah like the people also ask carousel which i always find amusing more than anything else like i'm trying to find out something about this and it's like how about fucking kim kardashian's net worth that people (laughs) who ask that also want to know about it's like what why just Want to know where the Chick Fil A is? What, what does that have to do with anything? I didn't know. I didn't know. By the way, it was a thing to add Reddit to a question or whatever to kind of bypass some of this nonsense. But apparently, it's a thing. Like, because it will take you to some Reddit forum where there's actually some back and forth. And yeah, you can kind that of- actually, I thought. I thought they've looked at my search history because I often, <laughs> if I can't get a good result or yeah. if I'm looking for something where I don't necessarily want an answer, but I want a discussion. Yeah. I'll put like Reddit or I'll put... Yeah, you put Reddit in the thing. Some yeah. other, right. But rather than going to reddit.com and right. trying to... Because no. that's no, fucking no. impossible. Yeah, there's you go to reddit.com and you yeah. try, to, try to surface a, a relevant conversation, you're yeah. never going to fucking do it. You will immediately find pornography though. Yes. Uh, but if you, you go you to... You will. No, you will. We've done this well, before. I'll do it again right now. <laughs> oh, that's you, true. We did give me, Um... My only complaint about Google, and I don't know if I've said this on the, I probably have, but like looking for news that happened in the relatively yes. recent past yep. or, yeah. or like months ago, it's fucking impossible. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that there are ways to like limit my search by date or publishing date or something like that. But just in terms of going to the Google search bar and trying to find something and to figure out what we knew then rather than what we know now, <laughs> yeah. is is functionally impossible. It's, it's basically like a Google. body of water with a current. It's like, it's gone. Like, you just, this is right. new stuff. Like, <laughs> that shit is down, uh, but downstream. I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes because it, it it is an interesting article because it also gets into, there's a quote in here, or the uh, parts of it might be less wild. Some of what feels dead or dying about Google might be our own nostalgia for a smaller, less mature internet. Now, uh, that is fine and interesting with regards to Google. But it also holds for, like, the rest of the Internet, which is that there used to be, and this is purely nostalgic fucking bullshit that I'm about to spew here, but there used to be the thrill of the unknown and discovery and finding wild new shit on the Internet that simply I have none of that feeling whatsoever 
interacting with the modern internet. Like I just, it is not a place that I go where I expect to be surprised and interested. And I don't know, like there used to be an actual thrill to getting on the internet and just sort of randomly dicking around, like going on Google and just trying to find something new, not trying to find information, not trying to find an answer to any particular fucking question. But like, I I literally used to have a browser extension called stumble upon. Oh, yeah. Upon. That was fun. And until that became only porn uh, <laughs> after a while. Mine never y- became porn. <laughs> right. That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that used to be something that you could do. It would be oh, like fucking so wildly fun. interesting shit. I'm sure it still exists. I'm sure that I'm complaining about something that is still in fact a thing. Yeah. But it just feels like my way of interacting with the internet has changed dramatically from, say, 2003 or 2005. And it has largely everything to do with the fact that these social media sites are the are the primary destinations. Yeah, it's because that's what my Facebook is now. Yeah. Do you think uh, the people who are just coming on now have the same kind of like experience like wow this is like endless and fun and no because they don't know what the internet is they only know what social media is right and everything's so fast now you used to have to wait for stuff like to work all the time i never actually i ought to miss that i don't know about other people but i prefer this everything you click on it and it's there it's very fast on point it also used to be like websites where you would like you could ha- you curate a fucking personality ar- around the different hundred websites that you okay. regularly stumbled yeah. across, right? Like, and there's no, none of that now. It's, that it's all true. just Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. Actually, the only website I go to now, or ESPN and and then Drudge Report, the only like actual everything else is like through the social media stuff. Right. I still try to like make a point of like a half a dozen websites of making my way to just to try to stay abreast of what's going on there but like it, it's not the same it's not at all the same and there's no like i don't know it whatever in the glory days of the gawker websites it really felt like you could have a house voice that fucking mattered that had some fucking potency but when, once everything became centralized in twitter and the and and social media in general it's like they're all writing the same basic it's all the fucking same yeah it's just yeah it feels bad. the same yeah. you don't have to read it uh when, uh, what else here in the Nothing. No, it's eleven ahead. o'clock. When uh, when do you think the uh, Roe v. Wade decision comes down? Like the very like the thirty. Are they? They're keeping all the good ones, yeah, right? The, like uh, this has been a week of extremely or two weeks of extremely boring. Uh, yeah, I mean the, Supreme that, Court decisions. Was it Maine or what was that? Like, oh, the religious school can uh, get government funding. That was like basically the only. Yeah, that one had that was six three. That was your all of the conservatives right. aligned against the three liberals. But and they yeah, they said big ones. They coming said up. that. They do have big ones coming up. Uh, that main one is worth talking about. I'm glad you mentioned it uh, just briefly. They said that there should be equal opportunity funding for religious schools as there is for public schools. And Sotomayor, I think, wrote the dissent and said this is another brick taken out of the wall of uh, erected by the founders of separation between church and state. And I don't know. I've always I've always been like wishy-washy on this particular question because I am generally as staunchly opposed to the state having any sort of an interaction with uh religion as a as a general rule. But at the same time, I am sort of on the side of people who are like, I want to send my kid to a different school and why should that cost me an additional $25,000 a year? Why can't some of my child's share of of 
whatever is supposed to go to a public school go to another school that is still in the business. It's still an accredited school. It's in the business of educating the young in the same way that the public schools are. Like it's still, in a certain sense, it's still a public good in an important way. Yeah, I think in this case, I think in this case, like because the the school there wasn't like a uh, suitable like public school. In that area, I think, uh, and so they were like, "Well, they serve a similar function, so why not have the money go that way?" I would be against it if there was a suitable public school because if you're siphoning off money from public education to pay for other things, they should be used for like specific situations. I, I, I'm for charter and all this nonsense for like, you know, education-based stuff, like for like science specific or math specific or i don't know technology specific charter school but if it's just like our public school sucks and we have more control over this charter school you're basically siphoning off money that should be going to making public school better to pay for this other stuff and if it's going to a religious school it's like what are we doing you know so like in that case i'm fucking money and and also i mean i I don't have any kids but i still pay i would through whatever the rent and taxes or whatever however it works you can it's not set up for you just to claim like that's my money it's we're all pulling in the money together for the greater good of public school right you can't just be like those fifteen thousand are mine i don't understand that argument but i i I agree there's just there's an element of me saying like ultimately the goal is to educate children and a private school is after that same precise endeavor, and they have to prove that they are doing so in, an, in at least an effect, as effective a way as the public schools are. And if that's the case, then then some public money is like, – it, it doesn't bother me the way yeah. a lot of the other ones do for some reason. It, I think it seems like it bothers people on a slippery slope thing, and I'm like, it's it's fine at, at this small yeah, scale. Yeah, sure. If you, you stick a – fucking imam trying to set up a madrasa <laughs> in south carolina or something and claim public funds it probably wouldn't go over right. as well All right you've been listening to cast iron brains a podcast with bob and abe you can find the show on facebook or twitter head on over to brainiron.com castironbrains.com it's another way to get there as always we have a show note if you can't for some reason click on the description in your podcast player and it doesn't hyperlink you to our webpage. You just go to brainiron.com and you you find our latest episode there at the very top. And it will have all of the relevant linkage, as I put it. For some reason, even though Squarespace, Squarespace insists that what I'm doing is filling out a form that will go then to Apple Podcasts and be formatted specifically for Apple Podcasts. For some reason, I don't think that the links show up in the Apple Podcasts app when I do it. It works in Google. It works in some of the other ones. But because there's a million different podcast catching services out there, sometimes the links work and sometimes they don't. I have an Apple phone and I never use their default podcast app. and It kind of sucks. Yeah. I'm just using Google Podcasts. It works fine, except for the fucking podcasts that are, like, exclusive to certain podcast-catching services, and then I have to have Spotify going as well, and who knows what else. Uh, Opening and closing themes of the show were composed by Mark Gillig. Don't have to worry about us ever being exclusive to one podcasting service or another. (laughs) We will will always be freely available in a democratic sort of way, whatever service you desire.
And make sure to edit episode 100 in the future if uh, money comes rolling our way for our exclusive. That's right. Get rid of this. Disappeared. Uh, Spotify, if you're listening, I like fucking $12,000 and I'll sign away the rights to everything forever. Yeah, so. let, let us be your last yeah, mistake. We, we don't need Joe Rogan money over here. Uh, we hey, do. We do. We do. We need yeah. Joe Rogan money. Yeah, we want. No, we would turn we it. Yeah. Hey, uh, what'd you get into this weekend? What'd you watch? By the way, so uh, I do want to commend Bob because uh, you were spot on uh, at the end of last week. I I, I said I was going to go see Lightyear, and you were like, oh, oh, yes. I don't, I don't really have any interest in seeing that movie. And you were basically the entire country because uh, no one seemed to have any interest in watching this movie, which was a pretty forgettable movie. It kind of bombed in the theaters. I mean, bomb. It, well, made, it bombed, made 50 million. Speaking, what am I talking yeah, about? Yeah. But it was all the projections were going to be in the one, low 100, like 100, 110 opening weekend. And it came second to the awful dinosaur movie, right? It couldn't even beat right. that. And it barely beat out, uh, I mean, I guess it was Father's Day, but it didn't beat, it barely beat uh, Top Gun. Two. Top huh. Gun is still. I look in the in the in my movie app every day to see how well Top Gun is doing in the local theater because I want it to continue to do well so that I can eventually get my ass down there to see it. Yeah, and it it's still like a half to three quarters full in every goddamn showing. I don't know how that's possible right. it, this far into its run in a town the size of Charlottesville, but people are still going to see this movie. It, it's like uh, every few years there's like movies like this where it just got a lot of uh, very strong legs. We're like week four, week five, week six. is Like my big fat Greek wedding had uh, strong mm-hmm. legs. Uh, Titanic definitely did. Like there's some movies that are just a like, oh, shit, this movie is still making a lot of money eight weeks in. So this uh, light year is not totally forgettable. Actually, it undercut my plan of uh, watching it like in out of order to like watch the origin story and then watch one, two, three, four. I'm like, fuck these toys. I don't want to see any of this. Right. So I think uh, I'm out on the whole franchise. Like, Isn't and- the opening? So the opening crawl says something like, in 1995, Andy got a toy yeah. from a movie that he his favorite movie. This is that movie. Yes. Isn't that how the yeah, movie that's opens? How it opens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And by the way, all you know, Saudi Arabia and all the homophobes, it was like a half second shot of a montage of an otherwise of sweet montage with the, the kissing. Like shut the fuck up on that. Like it was hardly right. anything in the movie. Uh, like in and the Star movie Wars. was otherwise fine, but it just was like whatever. It was like a Netflix movie or a Disney Plus movie. Not a theater movie. Anything else? Uh, I also, uh, on, on the Netflix side, I watched uh, this six-part or six-episode uh, thing, Web of Make-Believe. And basically, it's just like different stories related to the internet, how it's fucking things up, like uh, swatting, like where these fucking idiot kids are calling the swat on their gamer friend when they lose. And sometimes somebody right. dies because cops can be a little uh, pew, 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 you know? A little aggressive right. with the shooting. I just want to point any, everyone to like episode three is about Nazis. You know the the alt right. Oh, let's you know that's a good idea. But they're featuring this woman who is like a recovering Nazi, and her explaining her her entry into this world is like the most naive like get the fuck out of here story. She's like, so I went to this how a beach party and they started burning Jewish books and they're like the Jews need to die. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing here? I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? You didn't know? Like who invited you like to this thing? And then later on she and admits I, that she was dating some neo fascist right, guy. And I I met such a nice guy and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like 
<laughs> you didn't put two and two together? It's so like, is this, I never met is this, a Jewish person. Who yeah, cares? It's a six-episode run, and you don't have to watch, yeah, like, you don't have to watch them all? Yeah, it's different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one is like the swatting thing, the Nazi yeah. thing. There was one about somebody stealing something. I don't know. But it was, you know, not half bad. Yeah, I didn't watch much. I, Like I mentioned, I wrote my Father's Day post late on Saturday night. I turned on Mission Impossible 4 Ghost Protocol. Oh. It's, it's just me sitting there with that on in the background. I don't think that I had seen that one. And watching it, first of all, the effects are fucking bad. Uh, oh. <laughs> the, C- the CGI yeah, fucking sucks. A couple weeks ago, you were like, "Oh, they're all good." And I was like, "I think only the first one was good." But no, 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 they're okay. all. I, so this was a perfectly good movie. There's something like at the very end of the movie. Not you know, spoilers, I guess. Uh, Tom Cruise lives through the fourth Mission Impossible movie, and he's sitting there at the end of the movie around a table having a beer, a Heineken because of sponsorship or whatever. With Jeremy Renner and Simon Pegg and whoever the woman is from that movie. Forgive me. She's just not as... It's not a it's sexist not thing. M- Michelle just, Monaghan or is it one of the newer people? No, because she was in three. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway. The, <laughs> I ran out of names. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, they're having a beer and it's supposed to be like Tom Cruise. Because Ethan Hunt is basically just, you know, he's just Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like relaxing with his chums and being like a relaxed normal human being and it's the least believable yeah. thing I've ever seen in a movie. Like he's a he's a great actor yeah. and I love him. But the idea that like, oh nope, it's just Tom and his buds having a laugh. Like nobody has ever sat and just had a normal laugh with Tom Cruise. I don't believe that for a second. He has an aggressive laugh. Like he's almost like like an alien like laughing. Like yeah, he's I don't a know. maniac. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that, and I wa- I had something else that I, I'd have to go look at the stupid cue. Anyway, I just put on a couple of old movies that wouldn't distract me too much from my my melancholic ramblings that I do. There is something there that somebody should tear me a new one for continuing to post my Father's Day posts that I post because it's I, I, there's no People business like in doing them. that. People like them, but like the goal is someday to like bundle them all up and print out a bunch of pictures and like you know hand them to my kids or something when they're older. Were you, did we get uh, married one time and you had a project that you were working on with like the shit when we got married, like the flowers? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Maybe work on that and then work on your bullshit for fathers. <laughs> All right. I'm allowed to or have throw fucking, it away. I'm allowed to have throw big ideas. Away. <laughs> big ideas that don't come to fruition is like my whole fucking idiot. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, I anyway. watched The Music Man on Broadway. Yeah, Lori went amazing. to see an actual Broadway play. The whole point of her show, the whole point of her trip was to go to New York City and see Hugh Jackman as That's a that's a that's unfair characterization as the lead of the whole point. In the the music whole point man. was to spend time with my friend. The impetus for the trip was the revival of The Music Man. The weird possibly good icing of that was that it was starring this like a-list actor but the music man is something we need to watch on the show and talk about is this like bob is right it is it is a bad story but it's bad good or bad bad fucking good i mean like we'll have to revisit that because but the guy, so the Hugh only Jackman thing, the only COVID. thing to revisit is my phenomenal 2020 election day yeah. post in well, which it keeps getting better though. I discussed um, the music, man. It keeps getting better. 
anyway, Hugh Jackman has COVID, so they had the understudy do it, and he was almost definitely better. I mean, he wasn't as good at being Hugh Jackman right. as but. Harold Hill, but I think he was better as Harold Hill. Okay. And it was amazing and perfect, and I, as soon as it was over, I was sad that it was over. I just wanted it do- to do it all over again, and it's a fucking bummer I don't get to go do that like, all over again. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Are these uh, shows like with intermission, or is it just in one sitting? There's an intermission. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get up or anything. Okay. But... Abe's big on intermissions, as we've There's discovered in the past. <laughs> it's a shorter show. It's so good. It, they did such a good job. Abe, we're 100 episodes in. Do you have you have any reflections? You want You want to share anything with the... <laughs> I mean, it's a quite a milestone we've accomplished here. Eh? We last time around, we only got to I think the number is 131 episodes that we made. In, oh, really? Uh, oh, look at that! Right. So We're running the corner. Another, I uh, don't another, recall the like, first 99 and a half episodes, though. I don't. Uh, have. <laughs> I've already forgotten them. <laughs> uh, as you might have guessed from listening to my goofy little intro there at the top, I went back and listened to at least the first 30 to 90 seconds of every episode that we've done up to this point, trying to find you asking me how I'm doing tonight, because I, I knew that I had tricked you into doing it because you first, the first few, you keep saying, how, how you doing, Bob? And I respond with nothing. I give you nothing. Uh, I was starting the bit and then you caught on to the bit at some point and then, and then after that you caught on to the bit and then remembered that you had caught on to the bit <laughs> so, so you stopped asking the question uh, like I and said then, nothing escapes my notice eventually right eventually it's like yeah as you said on the other podcast the Celtics are going to win eventually yes on the on a long enough timeline yes but what's funny is that for for a little while there if i got you to laugh hard enough or forget sort of what was happening in that opening segment you would then possibly trip up i see and and ask me how i was doing it's been it's been literally now years since i succeeded in in doing that it might not ever happen again well going forward it will never happen because you know i'll remember this moment that's right. It's a very silly bit that I do. But, you know, my brother told me you got to do bits or else, oh. you know, this podcast is never going to work. And so it's... Yeah, Chris Howard, who drove to work when he lived a mile away in San Diego. Yeah. So. He's right, though. Like, you need a hook, you know, on a show. Yeah. If everybody's not tuning in to find out whether or not Abe accidentally asks me how I'm doing tonight. That and the Strassman bit. I mean, come on. It's all... Yeah. You got... Bits for days. Abe, you uh, got anything else for us tonight? Nope. Well, I guess that's all we've got for you tonight. We will talk to you next time. Later. Every lecture I've ever given uh, has included my tribute to my Uncle Alex, my brother's kid brother, who was a graduate of Harvard and a wise man, a distant insurance salesman in Indianapolis. He was childless. But what Uncle Alex found objectionable about so many human beings is that they so seldom noticed it when they were happy. And so we would be sitting under an apple tree, for instance, on a July afternoon drinking lemonade and, you know, talking about this and that, and 
practically buzzy like honeybees. And alcoholics would stop everything and say, "If this, wait a minute, stop. If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. And so he would do that again and again. And it was very good advice, and I've taken to them. And I hope that you will take up this habit, too, of noticing when things are really awfully nice and say, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Now then, I don't know how long have I talked. I've lost track because I'm supposed to speak for 45 minutes. Anybody know how long I've spoken? Huh? About 45? What? All right, well, I'm going to... Ask for a show of hands now, so get set for that. <laughs> and this is for everybody here. Everybody, uh, no matter what age. How many of you have had a teacher at any point in your whole educational career? Primary school, high school, college, grad school. How many of you have had a teacher who made you prouder to be alive, happier to be alive than you had previously believed possible. Would you show up your hands, please? Those of you who have. All right. Now then, would you please say the name of that teacher to someone sitting next to you? All done? If this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Music, please. It's wildly acclaimed second Woo! run. I'm going to have to delete that. You've upset the dog. And you've upset the children. 100 episodes is very upsetting. <laughs>